0: back for another exciting episode you guys on facebook and all that fun stuff probably saw all the melee that happened this week we actually had another show we were gonna have up by this time um and we had a bit of a technical problem so you know if you've probably seen it all on facebook i'm still bummed about that though man i'm really that really annoyed me amber yeah it was an epic bummer it was an epic bummer but i have since taken steps for that to never happen ever again so, we'll never have a problem like that ever again. We
1: completely lost the show. We completely lost the show.
0: In like the fucking, last
1: 10 minutes of the show. It's
0: kind of embarrassing that, that something like that can happen. But when you're dealing with equipment that we're dealing with.
1: Well, it was a power outage. What are you going to do? Yeah, well,
0: I have things put in place now that I should have done a long time ago. But dare I say, I've thought this thing through, you know, and when stuff like this happens, it makes you reflect. It makes, you know, and you have to get better from stuff like that so since then yeah i've done some modifications as you guys can see you know buying amber jesse this is your first time here um we've made some changes to our little studio down here uh and i've also put in some other some things in place that i should have done before to keep something goofy like that from happening you get comfortable and this is what happens you need something to, to ruffle your feathers a little bit to get you to do do a better job so it's all on me i take responsibility dick so last night um we saw this band called zeal and ardor last night uh amber turned me on to them uh really interesting what, how do you even describe this band
1: like old spirituals
0: spiritualist it's like slave like, music
1: yeah I, I, that's what i was some yeah. people said that to me like last african-american night. Slave spirituals music. yeah yeah combined with metal yeah sort of in the Black metal arena a little with some of the blast beats. There was I don't, there I was some really black metal, but yeah,
0: there was some really heavy stuff. That guy could do a scream for like forty seconds. Oh this my stuff God. was insane. Um, so <laughs> yeah, and this is what we were chatting about before the show, which I did kind of think about for this show tonight. I thought it may be something interesting to chat about. So last night, you know, well, it's been a while, so I had a couple of drinks last night, and you know, you know, John Tenney was there last night too, and yep. Greg and Dana yep. were there. Uh, so we had to hang out with those guys. That was super cool. So hello to those guys. It was fun hanging out with them. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we all had some drinks. And, you know, I didn't drink that much. I didn't drink that much. It was that beer that, that, that Adam gave me, the bartender. Um, that must stuff was, have,
1: it must have been strong. It was
0: really strong. Because, I mean, I got to a point where some guy actually came up to me. like I was saying to you, Jesse, he's like, hey, man, you playing Thousand Yard Stare?" Bandai playing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, come here. Here, i got to hold, hold me up. <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> it's like,
0: I was like getting to that point. And that's where I was like, okay, drink water. Just start slamming water. Get yourself back together, which I did. We get home last night. We went to fucking Tellway and White Castle in one night. Now, yeah. I don't know, now, people who listen to this show might not know what Tellway is. What do you, They're just they're sliders. They're sliders, but before sliders, yeah. Tellway's been around forever. There's, there's a handful of restaurants here in Michigan. There's like Hunter the, House. there's Hunter House, Tellway, Braze, and they all make the same type of burger, um, which are just amazing. Delicious. They're delicious, mm-hmm. but they're just hell on your system, mm-hmm. right? So I don't. We ended up there. I had I, I had the worst hiccups ever. They wouldn't go away. And I'm like, would just somebody give me something to shove down my top hatch so I get rid of these hiccups, man? I'm tired of this. Um, we got those. And then somehow, like, yeah, you and Sarah are in the front seat. And the, the bright idea, yeah, funny guy. Funny, I saw that. <laughs> I'm watching you, dude. Um,
1: Sarah wanted cheese sticks. So, so she's we, we like, ended up in a freaking white. <laughs> so she's like, there's a white castle nearby. They have cheese sticks. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so then we get, and then I'm like, I'm going to do the Coke Pepsi challenge. So I, I got the sliders from Telway and now I'm going to get the White Castle sliders and we're going to compare and Telway was way better but I thoroughly enjoyed it I had just a mountain of food on my lap like warming me as we got like as we drove home yeah, fries
3: was, and cheese sticks it was and cheeseburgers it was, it was, it was, it was I bizarre. never see you as happy as you are when you talk about food <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was bizarre man um, so I, I'm wiped out tired by this point we have a bite to eat when we get home here i lay down and i made the mistake of i took my spotify on my phone and said i'm gonna listen to andrew dice clay this would be funny i'm gonna lay i'm gonna lay down and listen to andrew dice clay um so i lay down and i just passed you know kind of just conk out you know because i'm still kind of drunk right and i had like i the the spotify thing just keeps going Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it don't stop right like I'm used to just like something playing, like an album or something playing, and it just stops and you go to sleep, right? No, this thing, it's all night, random Andrew Dice Clay cuts. Nice. <laughs> so I'm having these weird dreams of me just screaming at people and calling them all these filthy names and stuff like that.
3: So like a regular road trip?
0: No, not because he, that guy's harsh, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the listeners here know who Andrew Dice Clay is. Um but I had this these ridiculous like seven in the morning. I finally like I'm like, what in the hell's going on, man? Why am I having all these crazy dreams? I mean, violent dreams, violent like me like yelling and pushing people and hitting people and stuff. And it's just you know it was obviously Andrew Dice Clay feeding its way into my dumb brain and just make, giving me these weird dreams and stuff like that. So and it, it kind of got me thinking like about you know and you know our friend Jesse's here tonight. Say hi, Jesse.
4: Hey, how you guys doing?
0: Yeah, um, we're gonna and. Jesse's just a friend of ours. We, You know, we we have an interesting history. A very short history, but a very interesting history, too. We just met one random night at a show.
4: Yep, yep.
0: We were all just kind of hanging around, and we just all started chatting. And, oh, you guys playing a band? Oh, we playing a band, too. Oh, well, that's cool. And, yeah, since then, we've played shows together. We've, you know, obviously, here you are.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's just and- been this- Go ahead. And then come to find out, like once I found out what band you guys were in, Thousand Yards Stare, I yeah. was like, "Holy shit! I fucking remember seeing you guys back in the day." Yeah, yeah. You know, back, you know, I th- I mean, you weren't in the band though at the time. No, I
0: wasn't. That was I was good friends with those guys, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't really a member of the band. I mean, I just kind of joined
4: two and a half years ago. Yeah.
0: When they when they decided to start doing it again.
4: Yeah, that's right. Because um, there was a because there was a break between a big sixteen years. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, there there was that thing. Um yeah, we find out that you know, your my sister. Yep, I know. I've we have all these weird it's time. such a it's such a weird thing, man. We have yeah, yeah. No, seriously, you didn't Amber's giving us <laughs> You a,
1: found your... out that Jesse
3: was your sister? Yeah, Jesse's yes. my sister. Yeah, what, what, my sister. What, what does that mean? Jessie's Erica, you look totally different from <laughs> well, the last time I saw you. Well,
4: you know the hormones have been <laughs> I in, I understand and,
3: childbirth you know. just completely fucks no, you up. No, uh, Jesse's good
0: friend she knows my sister. Oh I mean, not jack, now, now I am calling you a she. He knows my sister. Oh, okay, all
1: right. And that kind of
0: came out like, oh well, you know Erica? oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Erica's been a part of this show. She was a did some work on this show back years and I mean many years ago. Way okay. First back starting in the out. Day. She did some like little what we would call dumb commercials. We were trying to do our own commercials and Erica kind of come in there and stepped up. But yeah, we had these we have all these weird ties together. So and what we've and, and as a result of that we've had some pretty interesting conversations, just getting mm-hmm. to know each other and hang out oh, and, and yeah. penis play shows.
3: lightsaber wars. Be honest.
0: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I knew it. I've had sex with the entire band his whole band.
3: <laughs> I believe it. The oh Watchers.
0: And yeah, yeah, you play in this band you play in a band called The
4: Watchers. Yeah. yeah. Um which we can we can talk more about that later on if okay. you want. But um, we are the biggest sluts in the scene and so <laughs> I mean uh... And also, just so my listeners know, um, if anyone wants to uh, have a night with my drummer, uh, I charge some pretty reasonable rates. Oh, dude!
1: <laughs> You're soliciting your drummer? I am
4: oh, yeah. soliciting my drummer. We all have. Yeah. <laughs> Steve will give it up to anybody. Yeah, he, don't he care, will. Man. Oh he my don't god! Care, man. He don't care. Yeah, the only thing that's keep me from being faced, keeping him from being face down ass up all the time, is me. <laughs> <laughs> my
2: god! <laughs>
4: but no, I was, back to this dream thing, you know. And
0: no, I don't. I don't. Now we didn't really talk too much, you know. I, we'll just say it on the air. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere here that you're not comfortable with. Okay, that's one thing I forgot that I forgot to say before we started recording here. Okay, was um, get your food, Amber. Amber's get making dinner <laughs> while we're beeping. recording this. Um, you know, we. I don't want to go. We'll, we'll leave it, Jesse. We'll leave it at that. Because you know, well, can I ask what you do? What like what you do professionally?
4: Sure, sure. What? I I am a. Um... A certified drug and alcohol counselor. Um, Okay. I uh, I work at an agency here in Michigan, um, and I basically serve um, a clientele that is predominantly uh, drug and alcohol uh, related. Uh, However, though, um, you know, working in that field, you also encounter a lot of cross addiction, and so yeah, yeah. um, uh, not just cross addiction, but um, you also encounter a lot of co-occurring disorders, and yeah, yeah. so you can't really treat uh, the addiction without treating the the mental health aspect of it too. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I mean, yeah. even though I'm only really licensed to do substance abuse counseling, honestly, it's like I have to I have to wear both the 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 mental health counselor and the substance abuse counselor hat to be able to provide adequate services.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, And as a result of this, now, in our conversations we've had previously, you know, we've, mm-hmm. you've been over a bunch of times. We've hung out over here. We've been to shows and whatnot. We've had some pretty interesting conversations. Yeah. Um, for long hours, <laughs> which is good stuff. And that's why I said, hey, man, you should come on the show. We should just mm-hmm. have a chat one night on the show. It'd be fun, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned that dream thing a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, because um, I thought that was peculiar. And we, and we all have... Weird things that happen with dreams oh, and whatnot. Yeah. And this was this was not, by no means some supernatural thing that happened. <laughs> I had Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> screaming at me from my dumb little phone on my on my bed stand there next to the bed, and it's obviously just fed into my my burnt my subconscious mm-hmm. and it outputted somehow in my dreams. So I saw that, but that's interesting stuff though. It is dreams are fascinating.
4: They are, and if you really think about it too, um, uh, as your as your Going through, you know, the various stages of sleep throughout the course of one night, yeah. you know, you're going to have be experiencing different kinds of uh, brain activity and different kinds of brain waves, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, you end up going into different kinds of brain states, uh, like, you know, there's like the alpha state, uh, you know, a yeah. gamma state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And – um when you're in an alpha state that actually makes you more susceptible to outside influences uh being in an alpha state sort of puts you in a uh quasi hypnotic state and this is also part of the way that uh um TVs and advertising and stuff like that works is it's been proven that TVs emit certain frequencies that yeah. put your brain in alpha state, so therefore you are more susceptible to different kinds of programming, uh, different kinds of advertisement, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're sitting there watching TV, and you're not really thinking about, you know, Food. white castle or Food. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing you Good know Good example. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, it's like you see a white castle commercial and yeah. you're just like, mmm, <laughs> I feel like having my asshole blown out for the rest of the night." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so in a situation like what you're talking about, I would be inclined to think that um, you know, th- you had Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> pumping into your brain all night yeah, at various yeah. stages of sleep and so it would naturally uh, hit you during times when you would be more susceptible Susceptible, to to outside influences. And then that also coupled with, you know, your already kind of grumpy and angry demeanor. (laughs) And
1: (laughs) and your inebriated state. (laughs) And your inebriated
4: state.
0: It makes perfect sense. Literally at one point in this dream, I was biting somebody's head.
1: How does one bite a head? I like,
3: bought. I bit like the... somebody's head, man. <laughs> like, are you here in a professional capacity for Scott? <laughs> we've had
0: these. Co- actually, we... we've had some interesting conversations. About, he's like, "How I'd love to get you on my
4: table." <laughs> um,
0: no, he, yeah, yeah he... but that's yeah. It, it's and that's what it leads into. I mean, those are those are very classic examples of that, uh, especially with subliminal type things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. I don't know anybody, whether whether you're a vegetarian or not, when you see one of them Burger King commercials come on, um, and just the circular, they, they they run a camera around the burger. I'm yeah. like, dude, It
3: does nothing for me. Oh,
0: dude,
3: I what? hate Burger King.
0: What? Oh, really? Yeah. What are you? See, I don't communist? like any of that stuff. I can't
3: stand their burgers. It just taste. Like I don't want. No, I'm not going to debate. That's no, not
0: debate fast food. I don't want to go down to that.
3: I what, will. what do you like? You brought it up. You're the one that brought up Burger King. I brought you it said, as an example. I don't I don't know anyone that when that Burger King commercial comes oh, on. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, You Bonnie. know someone.
0: <laughs> okay, I don't know anybody except for Bonnie.
1: That's better. All right, Bonnie anyway, loses it with the Ponderosa commercial comes on. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ponderosa. Is that, th- is that a thing? Ponderosa. Is Ponderosa still a thing? Yeah, is it? Is it? I they
0: don't have know. about 3 stores in the whole country now. <laughs> oh my god. What were you saying, oh, Jesse? Sorry. Man.
4: Um yeah I was just uh, that's really what I was saying about that so I mean maybe an explanation for the types of dreams you were having was a combination of you know uh, various states of consciousness that you go through throughout the course of an entire night of sleep and then you know uh, Andrew Dice Clay um, feeding into that and then like I said uh, and Amber pointed out your uh, inebriation and any other sort of aggressive or yeah. angry <laughs> tendencies you might have I think everybody has weird dreams though when you when, especially oh, when you yeah.
0: drink um Oh yeah. Cuz you really do I mean
1: I
2: don't, I don't know I, how you say I that. don't um, have
3: dreams when I drink I, I do. My brain shuts Amber, off. Amber, stop making a liar out of Scott. I've already done it once. This well, show. No, no. I,
1: just, I don't though, and I think that's probably interesting with with people who do and don't. Yeah, like yeah. when I am stone cold sober, is when I have wild, crazy. Well, that means dreams. you sleep
4: soundly. I don't. I sleep like a tick. Yeah, I'm up and down all the time. That could have to do just naturally with. Um, um, the alcohol affecting your sleep rhythm because you only dream during certain times of sleep. Like there's certain times of sleep that you don't really dream during. Yeah. Is and it
1: REM when you dream or is it, it a different brain state?
4: Um, I think it's, I think it's a different brain state. I think it's a brain state that's like either comes like right before or right after REM, but I they don't, don't know think if it's like th- theta it's, or Delta
1: or what. I don't know the brain. Yeah, wave levels.
4: I, I, I don't, I don't this is, not, this is not an expert's conversation. No, yeah, no, no, this is no. not. <laughs> um, you know, and there's also been research that shows that people who are um uh chronic marijuana smokers, they also don't experience dreams that frequently because of the fact that chronic marijuana use prevents you from going into certain stages of the sleep cycle.
1: Wow, that's interesting. But but alcohol
0: shuts your brain off. That that's proven. Like mm-hmm. no, that's that's why people like alcohol cuz it just shuts or, your brain off. Or down, they right? black out. <laughs> that's what that, that's what well yeah, that yeah, that too. Um, but that's what that's what gives the euphoric state, though, you have, is because it kind of shuts your brain down. All them worries you you tend to have. That's why you have people that, I mean, obviously, the, you're bread and butter here, Jesse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why people do get addic- addicted to alcohol is because it does shut your brain down. I, I like to have a beer here and there because, you know, I, it helps me relax. Well, I listen
4: to music. I enjoy myself. It's fun. Well, as far as, like, stuff like addiction goes, it's – um, it's a little more complex than that. It's more than just simply shutting off the brain. Oh, really? Uh, there has to be a – basically, there has to be an excessive dopamine uh, release to occur for um, something to have the potential to become addictive. You know what I'm saying? And okay. so And so when you're consuming alcohol, um, you know, the reason really why you experience the pleasure from the alcohol yeah. is because it causes dopamine to get released. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and um, so – uh, obviously, something that's going to produce a higher level of dopamine and produce it more reliably and more frequently—that's um, going to have a greater likelihood of turning into a actual addiction. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, like sex. Yeah, sex. Sex would be another one because I mean, it well, really—it's dep- the same thing. It releases a dopamine. Yeah, yeah but yeah. even then, it depends on how you're wired because. Um, if we look at pleasure as being part of a uh, survival mechanism, uh, you know, a very ancient and primal survival mechanism, Yeah. traditionally speaking, whenever... If we were living sort of the way our earliest ancestors did, more so living in nature instead of living and trying to subjugate nature, then the, the things that would give us pleasure would be things that would be immediately related to our survival. and yeah. And so that's why sex feels good, you know, because that means that the more sex, I mean, if you're propagating the good, species. Yeah, 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 you're propagating survival. the species, the yeah. survival, and it feels good. So that way you want to keep doing it. Yeah. And then food, same thing, you know, eating a groovy dinner, whether it be a mastodon, uh, some taquitos <laughs> or, you know, two different kinds of sliders from Michigan's finest, you know, corner burger joints. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, once again, that is something that you need for survival and that makes you feel good but the yeah. difference between here and uh, now and then is is that uh, back then things that felt good generally required a lot of time and effort yeah a lot you of know, work a, a lot of lot work, of work. Man. you yeah. know if if you wanted to eat you and your boys were going out and you're finding a fucking mastodon or and a you gotta, mammothical. you, you, you gotta bring it down yeah you gotta bring it down or you got to go out and at least forage for food yeah you know uh, same thing with sex you know you had to find someone who wanted to yeah. mate with you because it wasn't sex all willy-nilly just for fun and games mm-hmm. it was sex for fucking reprodu- reproduction yeah yeah and so then now with
0: well not to not to cut you off but just other things too like warmth mhm let's take mm-hmm. let, let's take this yeah. idea of warmth um the human body obviously we have certain temperatures we want to be at mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um but that's a pleasure thing too like mm-hmm. you know you make a bon- you make a fire yep. you're in the middle of the woods in the wintertime, and you're trying to survive mm-hmm. you find you finally maybe come across a cave somewhere yeah. you build a fire and you get you oh man this feels good yeah, so it's just exactly. that's 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 not quite as complex i think as like sex and, fo- and food and stuff like sure. that but, but it's, it's another applies. thing that makes it's it's a it's a pleasure thing and it's also a matter of survival too mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. ahead sorry i mean to interrupt no you. that's
4: okay that's i mean that's a definitely a perfectly good example yeah, um yeah. i whenever i actually lecture on this subject at work i always bring up warmth as being another one of my examples yeah okay yeah. um but yeah and so now fast forward to the society that we live in and um we don't have to work that hard for pleasure anymore you no, know we I'm don't saying? everything's getting easier and easier it's getting easier and easier and, yeah. and and drugs and alcohol are two of two of the easiest ways to not only experience pleasure but to experience a um uh a very intense a amount of pleasure euphoria yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so really what ends up happening, though, is you experience that type of pleasure enough times with enough reliability, and enough frequency. You're going to end up reprogramming your brain on this sort of like very primal, instinctual level deep within your uh, your your old reptile brain where your nucleus accumbens, which is where your pleasure center is located. Yeah, yeah. You're going to basically end up inadvertently reprogramming that part of your brain to link the pleasure that it gets from whether it be. Drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, food, yeah. internet, gambling, or fucking whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know you're going to reprogram that to link that intense amount of pleasure and also that reliability with survival. And then what's going to happen is it's going to knock everything else that really is necessary for survival down the hierarchy. If and, it you make, will.
0: and it makes that a priority.
4: And it makes it a priority. Yeah. And yeah. even wow. though, and even though our you know, our cerebral cortex and you know, what could be considered our bird brain, you know, are parts that have to do with rationality and reason and logic and, and uh processing information and then making judgment calls and plans based on that information. Yeah. Even though that part of the brain doesn't really change and still knows what's right and wrong, mm-hmm. you have this very powerful primal snake brain that you don't really have any immediate conscious control over Mm -hmm. that's still kind of calling the shots and then when you take into account that you have your hippocampus which is right there which is part of the nucleus accumbens that every time you experience pleasure the hippocampus records all the variables at play when you experience that pleasure which from an from a, a survival standpoint it does it that way so that way you know where to locate that source of pleasure in the future you know you know that the fucking zebras are hanging out dime, down by the water yeah. and so if you're hungry and you want some horse meat that's where you go yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, but yeah. now uh, when we're dealing with thing with addictive behaviors and addictive substances yeah. what that ends up doing is is causing a triggering effect to wherever you experience uh, some kind of a situation, whether it could be anything from like weather or the music you're listening to at that moment or what you're watching on TV or even uh, the mood that you're you're in or the yeah. fucking T-shirt that you're wearing. Yeah, that yeah. could then cause a triggering effect, which then the amygdala uh creates a conditioned response of craving whenever you encounter these different triggers. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it really is a an example of um you know, instinct at war with rationality. Yeah. And so Wow. Yeah.
0: No, and you know, this is all st- I mean, it's all very basic. I mean, this is kind of I mean, we all experience this every day.
2: Mhm.
1: But it's still interesting with the way Jesse just broke how down well, yeah. how the brain works. Yeah. How many processes are going on? Oh, it's so complicated. something we man, just right? like don't yeah. think anything about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, in, in a real world world example, I think this is you know, because I, I I think I've been partying a little bit like more in the last couple of years. We've been having fun. We've, mm-hmm. There's been a lot more stuff going on. Um, we've had this conversation on the show, and this is just from my personal thing. Um, you know, I've wanted to live life and have fun, and just you know, I've worked. I've been doing a lot. You know, I spent a lot of years breaking my back, and mm-hmm. I'm getting to a point where it's like, okay, I can kind of have some fun and goof around, and so yeah, there's been a a bit more partying going on, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I I but I monitor myself. though. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think people, this is where they run into problems at with this. Sure, and I am no spokesperson on. <laughs> believe me, I'm you know not at all. But um, one of my things though is. You know, yeah, I like to party, but there's always the element, okay, there's work, mm-hmm. there's things you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, And th- and I have lines, like we were talking last night, and I'll be totally open about this. We were at that show last night, Zeal and Ardor, great band, like we said. And I, and I mean, yeah, I had a few beers there, and I was like, holy crap, dude. You know, and I mean, I literally was like, I have to stop. Slow <laughs> down, mm-hmm. stop, drink some water, get mm-hmm. your bearings about you. You know, this is getting a little weird now, mm-hmm. right? So I still, I mean... In my mind, I have I've and I've I think I've spent time because you know, I don't know anybody who hasn't had a bad night before when it comes to partying a little bit, and it's <laughs> happened to me a couple of times. and I, and I've instinctually said, okay, I'm gonna build something in my brain, wire something up that I at a certain point where I know, okay, mm-hmm. it's time to stop now, mm-hmm. you've had your fun. Drink some water. Get your get your act together. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're going to be a wreck. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna get in trouble. Something bad will happen to you. You could get hurt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of horrible things that can happen to you. And well, with go ahead.
4: I was to say. Well, that's one of the things that actually would separate someone like. Um Someone like you who just likes to party and have fun, yeah. Uh, f- from uh, an honest to god alcoholic. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, when they they just go, yeah. They they don't have that ability to stop. That's yeah. one of one of the symptoms of of any kind of addiction is something that is referred to as either the phenomenon of craving yeah. or loss yeah. of control. But same basic concept. Yeah. Whereas yeah. once you put the substance in your body or once you start engaging in the behavior, yeah, you no longer have the ability to control. How much you use or even when you stop. And
0: then you have no control over your body anymore.
4: Yeah. An you're, example you're out of control
3: learning what? how to drink while you're taking an abuse. I've lived it. Oh wow. Not me personally, but you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh
0: my god. Well, no, no, no. I don't know who you're talking about. Mike. Oh oh my God. Yeah. Really?
3: Yeah. He got on abuse and still drink. That's fucking hard. What is abuse? Anab- it makes you violently ill if you drink. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, what so he got well, go ahead, Jesse. I was gonna say what abuse does is it disrupts your um your liver's ability to break down alcohol completely. And so it'll break it down uh, part the way part of the ways, but it doesn't finish breaking it down and so then instead of evacuating all the alcohol, it kind of breaks down to a it's like Toxic form and then just kind of hangs out there okay. and it makes you it makes you sick really sick it makes you really yeah. sick
1: that's funny because when I do research um I, from some of my books I've done a whole segment on old patent medicines, and mm. one of them was this you know cure for drunkards <laughs> and it's this old <laughs> picture it's this old picture like of this guy just knocking out his woman, and they're like, you know, put this in his coffee and you, you'll be fine you know drunkards cured in twenty four hours, but of course it's- they it was fake. They Not fake. kind. Well, I'll explain that. But Mm-mm. it preyed on families that were victim to alcoholism and stuff like that mm, yeah. because it was not a legitimate thing. But it did have Ipecac in it. Oh, so geez. that would cause puking after like – so the idea was, oh, put this in his coffee or his morning drink. And then after he's had a hard night of drinking and he's knocked you around, he'll start associating puking with, mm. you know – Every, which I'm like that's a hangover though like you're puking and feeling like crap so but anyway of course it was it was just like a, a cruel mean thing like all those patent medicines were but I do think I thought that was interesting with that connection there that that medication caused you know severe sickness and then this old fashioned timey one was like you know well spe-
4: speaking of old timey medicines have you ever heard of something called the belladonna treatment Mm-mm. no the mm-hmm. belladonna treatment was um it was something they would give to um alcoholics back in I'm not couldn't tell you exactly when they started doing it but I know it was in it was still in practice well up into the 30s um but it was the belladonna cure was basically it was a, a combination of different herbs and medicines and um the 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 whole idea was um, it will either cure you or it will kill you. Yeah, I was like, say that's like Deadly Nightshade is the name. That's it, exactly, Deadly Nightshade. But the thing about Deadly Nightshade is depending on what kind of dosage you have it at, if you have it at one kind of dosage, it puts the deadly in the nightshade. But if you have another kind of dosage, it becomes more of a psychedelic. Hmm. kind of substance
3: i don't want to experiment with that no no, no. <laughs> that's not what i want no
4: no i mean that would be like i mean
3: i'm so tired right now i'd be dead right here <laughs>
4: just, you know and so um yeah so they would give people this uh this cocktail where you know where it was kind of like sink or swim exactly and um uh Interestingly enough, though, is um, um, when you think about uh, so the psychedelic aspect of the drug and then you think about the the founders of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Bill W and Dr. Bob, uh, Bill W. um, My understanding is that Bill W. was actually a patient in Towns Hospital. Um, before he was finally able to quit drinking altogether. And he was a patient under the care of a man named Dr. Silkworth who, um, for all intents and purposes, he was the first medical doctor to really do any kind of research into this phenomenon of alcoholism. And so while Bill W. was under the care of uh, Dr. Silkworth in Towns Hospital, he was also uh, being administered the Belladonna treatment. And it was while he was being administered the Belladonna treatment that he had his um he had his spiritual awakening that ended up being what was necessary for him to stay sober. Hmm. And then he went on to um to meet Doctor Bob, uh who would who would become the other founder of AA and then he helped Doctor Bob get sober and then together they they pretty much came up with AA based off of an older group called the Oxford group that he had been involved in. Wow, man. Yeah. And, and so the, um, that's part of the reason why the 12 steps, Mm -hmm. 12 step recovery is, um, still considered by many people to really be the only truly effective method of maintaining sobriety is because the, the 12 steps of AA are more or less a sort of step-by-step guide to facilitating um, maybe not necessarily the type of experience that Bill W would have had when he was under the influence of, you know, Belladonna, but to facilitate some kind of a um, just life changing earth-shattering come to Jesus moment. Yeah, yeah, some kind of just massive spiritual awakening yeah. to where the, you know, the um the, the the need or the desire for the drink is kind of lifted. Yeah. You know, which um that's really interesting uh when you consider that um the 12 steps of AA is more or less a modern repackaging of um a lot of the older types of esoteric or mystical traditions really? like uh alchemy or yoga okay um you could um you could really say that the um the purpose of of all three things is the same basic end which is to sort of shatter this um this delusion of self and break down the individual ego mm-hmm. um, to understand all the different types of egoic uh, attachments that you might have yeah. to various different things. And then to, once the ego is put in a place to where it can be, um, I guess, managed better yeah yeah. then what that does is is that sort of opens the individual up to a to have the possibility of having some kind of a transcendental experience
0: yeah well i mean maybe i'm i'm if i'm throwing a loop at you i apologize Mm -hmm. i mean and you know what? i can honestly say because i've thankfully never been a never had to experience the 12-step program (laughs) um you're close (laughs) (laughs) um However, um, you just bumped the mic, Amber. Now, I fixed these microphones so they wouldn't be bumped anymore. <laughs> Anyways, so.
3: She made a liar I, out of you she again. She made a liar
0: out of me again. I thought I fixed all these mics so they wouldn't make any new. This is one of our recurring themes on this show is the mic bump thing. And I thought, well, whatever. Anyway.
4: She's like, fuck your mic. I want taquitos. Fuck your mic. <laughs> I want taquitos. Yeah.
0: So um, I thought, the, you know, and, and I could be totally off on this. Please tell me, mm-hmm. call me on this. The idea is you you get the to the end of this thing in the twelve step program, there is it's this idea of self actualization, mm-hmm. you know, where you obviously you don't need something to enhance your personality. You can enhance your personality on your own. Yeah.
4: You can just be a happy person. Yeah. I, I, would say, I wouldn't say necessarily happy, but I would say content or, mm-hmm. or at peace. Because happy happy is too much of a an illusory yeah. idea i mean can you think about what happiness is is yeah. it's part of the fluctuation you yeah. know you yeah. have you have happiness and you have sadness and you can content can't...
0: Contentness is just content and you know and i mean you're at peace yeah exactly you're at you're, peace. you're cool
4: regardless of what's going on
0: yeah yeah i think well and you know that's one thing i learned from a person way more intelligent than i'll ever be years ago um, and I've and I work with people professionally who behave in this manner also, and, and and I have the utmost respect for these people, but at the same time they drive me to madness because because <laughs> what they do is they don't respond to any type of negative or positive reinforcement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you say, and I mean these people, I've tried to you know. It's a little pet project I have now where I say, you know, I'll just be overly friendly. Like, my God, you are so brilliant. Thank you for your help. You're the nicest. Thank you. So, oh, my God. Fuck. God damn. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay, cool. And <laughs> they just walk away. They just they. And and if somebody like I've seen it happen where they go, it's the other way around where it's like, dude, this is all. fucked What, what were you? What the hell is wrong with mm-hmm. you? What are you doing? Okay. I'll mm-hmm. deal with it. So they're able to not respond. Mm hmm. To positive or negative type of reactions mm-hmm. they're able to respond the same way i should say mm-hmm. respond the same way and i've i've i'm fascinated with that with that that personality trait mm-hmm. and this is what i've been told by like i said a hand, not only one person but other people way more intelligent than i'll ever be mm-hmm. they said that's when you are actually content in life is when you can respond mm-hmm. the same you know where you're where you're just you're mellow yeah you're chill yeah. you know you, you can you can you can you can, heart, you can deal out a harsh hand to somebody mm-hmm. and where i I'm like mm-hmm. you know I'm just firing mm-hmm. brimstone <laughs> these people can deal the same hand that I'm dealing to somebody and make them content with that, make them cool and i think it, it does flow along, along this this line we're talking about
4: i th- I think that that could go one of two ways because you could be dealing with someone who is um you know kind of have this sort of level of contentment. Where they're not, where their own sort of uh, sense of um, I, I I don't want to keep saying contentment and peace, cause that's just fucking redundant. <laughs> 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 but um, they're they're not too uh, like emotionally phased by by too much, you yeah, know. what I'm saying yeah, yeah. that could be a sign of contentment, or it could be a sign of uh, sociopathy.
0: Well. Th- I guess there is there there are the, there is the yeah. dark side of that though too. Um, obviously, sociopaths they don't really respond to too much either. They don't really no. have a conscience. No,
4: they don't. Yes. and and they're they're unable to they're unable to relate to really any sort of human emotion. Yeah, and so you know that's how you can get a sociopath who could you know do horrible things and mm-hmm. and not even feel bad about and it and then
3: go home and cook dinner.
4: Yeah. Yeah, go home and cook dinner for their wife and kids, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Like Richard Kliklinski, for example.
0: Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God, the Iceman. Oh, yeah. I have watched those, um, they did the Iceman Confessions mm-hmm. on HBO. they mm-hmm. um, they on. All. Yeah, dude.
4: Yeah.
3: We're all sick and I warped. think that, you know
0: what, honestly, I think that guy would be kind of, you know, if you weren't doing business with him, mm-hmm. he'd be all right guy to hang out with. He'd be a nice guy, as long as you, well... No, you know, let me let me take that back. That guy was like, I think it would be like walking on eggshells around that dude. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think he'd be pretty chill and mm-hmm. cool to hang out with. But um, he had his triggers, though. Yeah. And from what I saw, mm-hmm. you know, and the things I read about this guy, because I find him fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you just, if you triggered him. There was no going back. You're just gonna die.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. There's
0: no like, hey, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with you, dude. You need to, you need to. Don't you talk that shit to me anymore. I'll smack you around, dude. No, he's just gonna kill you. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like he might not even say anything to you, but then he's gonna show up at your porch and he's gonna fucking blow you away. Well, he's, he's away. gonna
0: find some way to make you, you know, yeah. that or just poison you. I and mean, the guy had a million ways he did things. One of the things, you know, going. I hate to go down the, down this rabbit hole, but, <laughs> it. but it was very interesting though. Um in that converse, he he was talking with a psychologist that who was interviewing him. Mm. And one of the most fascinating parts of that whole series of conversations that they put together and whatnot was the the psychologist was um, challenging him mentally mm-hmm. certain ways, mm-hmm. and he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He he had a reason for it, and he wanted to get a response out of Richard Kuklinski, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and literally to the point where he's like, he's he hit him with a couple of statements, and he's like. I don't like what you said.
4: Yeah, and he yeah. Still chews
0: his gum. Yeah, that's the creepiest part of that yeah. motherfucker, is just chewing yeah. his gum. That's the part <laughs> that creeped me out. And no, he would never stop chewing that damn gum. Um, but he, but the psychologist, the therapist, I should mm. say. I'm sorry, I, I'm trying
4: to get the right word here. It was probably a psychologist at that point. I mean, mm. if you're dealing with someone like Richard Kuklinski, yeah. you yeah. you definitely have a. Uh, um, You definitely have more initials at the end of your last name than I do. <laughs> well,
0: but what he literally said to him was, you know, what do you feel like right now? Mm-hmm. He's like, um, I'm a little angry. Mm-hmm. I don't like you right now. You know, what's that feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I felt this, though, too. I think we all get this. I've had that burning in my gut. Mm-hmm. I've had the blood pressure go up, and I feel... My head flush out
3: I've from anger. I've seen yeah. you have that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, that from anger. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, really. And and I mean, I'm trying. I I'm thinking that at this point in my life, I'm a bit more wise. Mm-hmm. I think I am possessing more wisdom than I had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that my wick's a lot longer than it used to be. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot for me, and I can really, thankfully, I can count in the last couple of years, maybe on one hand, where I have had that feeling come over me, like.
2: <laughs> like, I'm seeing
0: red at somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was describing that to a T in that conversation. For the people listening, uh, yeah, Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman, um, just go on YouTube, type in the Iceman. You can watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating stuff. But that I thought that part of that interview mm-hmm. was the most compelling because he was really getting it out of him, like, you mm-hmm. know, what do you feel now? Mm-hmm. I, You know, I don't really like what you said to me. Now, and, and thankfully, you know, for all the horrible shit that guy did, right um, from what we understand about that that particular documentary, um, he agreed to be evaluated mm-hmm. for people to learn mm-hmm. and even in that situation, he knew where he was at yeah he's like, okay, I, I know what you're you know mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what you're doing, but I know what you're doing." Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to tell you everything I'm feeling now. Because mm-hmm. he he was trying to help benefit science in a certain way, too. Yeah. I, I, you know, and at least that's all on the outside. I don't know. It was a very interesting documentary. It, it was. Um, and I find that man to be fascinating because he was a... You know, there's a lot of things we hear about him. You know, they, they kind of painted him as this as this absolute family man. He loved mm-hmm. his family. And mm-hmm. that wasn't entirely true. That guy was kind of an asshole to his family, Yeah. Too.
4: Yeah, he yeah. was. And yeah. I just remember... The one thing that stands out the most from that uh, that documentary, though, was... Uh, when I believe the you know the person, the psychologist or a psychiatrist, yeah. whoever it was, yeah, asked him like if he felt bad about everything he did, and his basic response was you know pretty much he just feels bad about what he put his family through. He doesn't actually feel bad about um, any of the victims or anything like no, that. No, it was business for him. Yeah, yeah, it was all business for him. That and, was but, a
0: job for him.
4: Yeah, he,
0: so he totally disassociated the whole idea mm-hmm. of. Well, we would any of us in this room, including Amber upstairs eating her taquitos. Um, I I could never in my life um, see myself performing some of the acts that he performed.
4: Mm-hmm. I would puke, I would throw up. Mm-hmm. You, what you don't? <laughs> what? Go ahead. <laughs> he apparently thinks you could. Well, I'm not saying that I think that he could, but um, it's it's, it's interesting could. that you that you go here because I mean this is a perfect segue. Um, well, I'm not loading this thing, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, talking about, um, you know, everything we're talking about with psychology and and things like transcendentalism and sort of the, the bridge where yeah, spirituality yeah. and psychology sort of meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Carl Jung. Um, oh, one of my favorites. Let's yeah. Go. Yeah. Amazing. All day long. Let's, yeah. Let's run with this man. <laughs> you know carl jung would would almost say that to a response like that you know where you're saying no i could never do something like that you know it make me sick carl jung would say okay. are you sure
0: well okay let's let's put that in context though too mm. um no, you know, I don't want to do this. I, I, I'm going to draw the line here. Okay. But I, but but going on your thing, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Let's
4: roll with this. Yeah, no, I wasn't right. trying to, like, psychoanalyze. No, no, no,
3: no, 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 no. You can do <laughs> oh, that. i we, No, we're cool with if that. if someone messed with my family, I could do anything. Well, okay,
4: fine.
0: That, I guess that's where I was going, is, okay. you know, if there was a certain point, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone, if, if a family member or a, a very dear friend, mm-hmm. I mean, somebody who's very close to me, if they were ever violated... hmm and and there you can be violated in so many different ways. Oh yeah. I, I think my my initial I mean look, my grandfather, everybody knows my mm, grandfather right. was 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 carjacked earlier mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. by a man literally a quarter of his age, mm-hmm. literally a quarter his age. Uh, and, and not very bright. Not very bright, obviously, too. Yeah. And he, he grabbed he he manhandled my grand my, my sainted fucking grandfather. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. While he was coming out of the casino, anyway, <laughs> but, but my sainted grandfather. Um, so of course, my my initial reaction to that is like, I would like five five minutes, minutes in a room, and I will alter that guy's his memory, his mind in ways he. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a, that's a normal reaction that someone's going to have. That's a protective element. That's yeah. a nurturing element that you have in your mind as a person. That's what I think a caring, loving person's going to do. And mm-hmm. it's funny to say that in the same sentence. A caring, loving person is going to destroy somebody mm-hmm. else because they they violated mm-hmm. someone they love. It's it's a weird thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
4: I think that Carl Jung might even take it a step further and say that um... – I mean, yeah, it's really easy to say, you know, if someone hurts someone we love, you yeah. know, we would, you know, rearrange their face or like to have five minutes alone with them or, mm-hmm. you know, um, knock their teeth out with a fucking brick and then, you know. The list goes on. Yeah, the list goes on. All day but, long. But the thing is, though, is that, that that's like the easy stuff. You know, it's really easy to say that. Yeah. But then it, he would even take it so far as to say, you know, who's to say that... Some average jagoff like you and I yeah. couldn't do like what um, you know Rich Kuklinski would do and not derive some kind of pleasure out of it. You know what I'm oh, saying? Well, and 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 well, I mean that. I mean that might seem extreme because you
3: don't know till you try. Yeah, that's the
4: thing, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Is that's the yeah. whole that's the whole point behind his idea of the shadow. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't know what's in the shadow. Yeah. You know, you like to think we like to think that we have these limitations and that you know we have these um uh um concessions we'd make for extreme circumstances you know what i'm saying but you yeah. know carl young would even probably go so far as to you know say that you know someone who was like maybe a. um uh you know to a prison a concentration camp prison guard yeah you know I mean who's to say that they're any more different than you and I
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know they were just <clears throat> doing a job regular people doing a job too yeah but who's to say they didn't they weren't able to derive some kind of pleasure out of it and um and it's the 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 understanding of that that shadow self that dark side of us yeah and having the willingness to really sort of um, plunge the depths of our own, like I guess you could say, evil. Um, well, the,
0: the the darkness inside of a person. I mean, yeah. You, you, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, wait. I was just
4: gonna say it's like that would be. Um, I mean, that's a crucial part of the process of uh, enlightenment, if you yeah. will, or self actualization. And yeah, and, yeah, man, yeah. But it's but it's with the understanding of that and and having sort of a uh, a relationship with that part of ourselves. That then also opens us up to the, um, I guess you could say, the sort of b- binary. I mean, I, I'm trying to be careful with how I word this, <laughs> but but the but like the binary aspect yeah. of our own personality of masculine and feminine. Okay, is this idea where, um, you know. Um, uh, and this and this is also where like something like the hero's journey would sort of play into our conversation as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Is that um, if you look at the various hero myths, you always have the hero who is um, you know for all intents and purposes just this normal this normal person, yeah. like you know more normal than anyone else, like Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? We well, started out normal. Yeah, he started out normal, yeah. but then he had to go on this journey, and uh, throughout this journey. Uh, you know, the hero usually has to fight some kind of uh, a, a monster, a, a dragon, uh, some sort of beast, like a minotaur. Oh, Beowulf. A Beowulf, yeah. yeah, like like in Beowulf, you yeah, know, Beowulf. he's got to fight the Grendel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but did
0: but did Beowulf? I'm, I'm I pronounced it wrong. Beowulf did Beowulf start out as an? I mean, I'm not trying to contest this. But I thought he start he was a warrior though.
4: Yeah, I mean there's obviously variations. There's variations. There's always yeah. variations to the story. I mean we'll stay with Luke Skywalker. That's cool. Yeah, we'll stay with <laughs> Luke Skywalker, you know. Yikes. Or even if you look at the myth of Siegfried, where I mean Siegfried was mm-hmm. definitely a warrior before he went on his journey. Yeah. Um to rescue Brunhilde. Yeah. But um uh, but along the, some point in this journey, you have to fight this this darkness. Well, and and usually you have to fight this darkness to um, uh, to rescue a um.
0: keep going. To, I'm, to, to, I'm listening to you, dude. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get Amber's attention here.
4: Um, but yeah, <laughs> keep
0: going. I'm sorry, Jesse. Go ahead, man. You, you, so yeah, what so, you saying?
4: so you have to so you have to confront this this darkness. Yeah. to to usually in a lot of cases rescue this sort of feminine archetype. You know, a yeah, lot of yeah, times yeah. It's a princess. No, you know? yeah, yeah. And
0: fucking Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Bros. Legends of Zelda. The fucking Donkey Kong. I mean, yeah. can, that, that's just, that's con, I mean, what well, we would consider
4: contempt. Well, they're, they're classic yeah. games
0: now. But those are the same, it's the same exact
4: idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah. exact idea. Yeah. But what their idea represents is something so much more. Yeah. And it's more of an internal sort of uh, process that occurs where that, that dragon or that beast or that um, Darth Vader, yeah. what, that, what they actually represent is your shadow self. And you have to confront the shadow self to enable to be able to to have access to that, um, you know, in a case of a man, the that that feminine aspect. Yeah. As Carl Jung would call the anima, um, which incidentally is also the name of Tools, Tool, yeah, second, yeah. their second album. Yeah. The second and, Tool album. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. well, Third one, if you count. Uh, oh, O-Pied yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. the First, the first album, yeah, yeah. It was
0: a, there, yeah. It was to be their third album. You're right. So. Well, um, OK, so going on that idea yeah i mean we are I, you know what keep going i
4: okay. want to think
0: I'm, I'm processing this as you right. as you talk because right. this is fascinating <laughs> this
4: is amazing to me and, and um and so um uh now with the females on the other hand you know their the the version of the story is a little different um uh, you know a, the a classical one a classical version of the female ver- of the female story that comes to mind would be like um the frog prince whereas the frog actually represents the the female shadow mm-hmm. the, the shadow of the female personality yeah. and she has to develop a relationship with that in order to um you know, like in the frog prince, she has to, you know, l- truly love the yeah, frog prince. Like yeah, have for to it, kiss it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for it to turn into an actual human yeah, prince. Yeah, yeah, You know, and, and that represents, you know, the human prince the frog turns into, that would represent the the masculine side of the female personality. Okay. You know, or a, a more modern version of that, I would say, would be um, um, uh, Black Swan. Oh, the um, the Aronofsky movie. Yeah, Fox I love One. that movie. I think that's a the movie's fascinating, great movie. movie. But yeah. I think that's a perfect uh, modern representation of that female side of the hero's journey. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And um. Uh, but but then it's it's some it's so much more than just our our feminine side or our masculine side. It 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 goes deeper than that and gets into the realm of the divine. Because what when it's a man, that feminine side that he's actually developing a relationship with, yeah. is the divine feminine. Yeah, the divine feminine that, that lives in everything. Yeah, you know in, um, you know in 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 yoga we call her Shakti. You know, Shakti is like the most high of the the female yeah. archetypes. Yeah, and everything else, all the other female god- goddesses, they sort of em- come off of Shakti in mm. some way, like mm. Kali. Uh, Durga, mm-hmm. uh, Parvati, um, Lakshmi, they're all different, um, emanations of that primal Shakti that's yeah, part yeah. of the original binary. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the yogic process and the alchemical process, those, um, those are in a nutshell, that same process of, um, Confronting the darkness and integrating the darkness, and then once you integrate that darkness, then you have an opportunity to encounter the feminine, and then so you bring the the three aspects all together in this sort of balanced, integrated whole, mm-hmm. and then that's where you have self-actualization. Wow, yeah, and um,
2: well and,
0: and, and simply put. I mean, and there's a lot of there's a lot of mechanics that that you discussed within that. Um, I think everybody in life has to face some kind of darkness in their oh, yeah. life. You know, I mean, you have to take it head on. Mm-hmm. I know I've done it. I I don't know about Amber and Bonnie. Um, well, Bonnie, that's okay. I no. have. Well, Bonnie is the darkness that I had to face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. You <laughs> haven't overcome it. <laughs> I, no, I haven't. I really haven't. But I I think that, you know on the up, on the outer level, like looking at this from the top down, um, there is that challenge you're going to have in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it don't end, I don't think. I thought you'd get to a certain point. I mean, I thought I would personally get to a certain point in my life where it's like, okay, I got all my shit together. Mm-hmm. Everything's paid for. <laughs> We're cool. We got this whole food, water, shelter thing figured out. We're cool with that.
4: People are good. No. Mm-hmm. You find new problems. Oh, yeah. You find new darknesses to face. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the difference. Be- well, I mean, um, that's kind of the difference between going in a circle and going in a spiral you know if you're going in a circle you're just basically making the same mistakes over, over and, and over, over again yeah, with yeah. This, and, and you know and, and f- confronting the same um, the same types of obstacles but when you when you're moving in more of a spiral kind of pattern yeah you're still going to confront that those same types of obstacles or, or the darkness, if you will. Yeah. yeah. But the, but the difference is, is that every time you come around and face that same type of obstacle, you yourself have grown. And so you're at a different spot when you encounter the same problem down the road than you were when you encountered it the first time. Yeah. So I
0: postulated this idea. We were at this UFO conference, um, last weekend, Mm. um, and I was having a conversation with some people, another, the two, two, two podcast, really, we're going to be having Joe and Jen on the show here pretty soon. Really good people. Uh, and we were having a con, we were just, just kind of having, just talking about whatever. And I had my bourbon and coffee, so (laughs) feeling very philosophical. Um, uh, but we started talking about this very idea. And I said, you know, when you, when you're going through life, obviously, you know, mistakes happen every day. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love telling younger people that I have to mentor here and there. I'm like, look, you're going to screw up every day of your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. That's part of life. Every time you make that mistake, you number one, you own it. Number two, you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what the idea we were talking about at this UFO conference, we were just chatting. And um, I said, on that very idea, I'm like, now there's a lot of people in life that just don't work with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, you know, if if you were to put yourself like in a situation where um, well, just keep it simple. I go, if you didn't really learn from your, any of your mistakes, you'd die. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, like you said, you're going in a circle, right? Yeah. Um, not a spiral, mm-hmm. an upward spiral, I'd like to say, mm-hmm. or I'd like to think. Um, because you're you, sooner or later, if you're not learning from anything that you do every day, I mean, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about little things like, oh, more, they, there's construction there. I better make sure I go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just these little things you do. But some of the stuff are game changers, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I simply put, just, I just said that. I'm like, look, if you if, if a person was not learning all the time, where and I think that's kind of where we were getting with this thing last weekend was, I'm like, we're all these sponges. We're just these walking sponges full of water and all these fluids and stuff, and we're constantly taking in information, mm-hmm. right? And if the brain, let's just say on a mechanical level, like a mm-hmm. bio, biomechanical level, the brain was not able to take any more information, and like I got to forty-three years old, I am right here, old man Scott, and my brain just said, "I'm not learning anything more. <laughs> I'd be dead in a couple days." I, I, that's just my idea. I could be totally off the beaten path on that, but I think you know the. That's part of just that sound familiar sustaining Mm -hmm. you know survival Mm -hmm. right Um, where you're constantly having to learn and adapt and grow into environments and situations that you're in Mm -hmm. because if you don't you may get killed somehow you may not survive now going further into that though yeah we live in a society now where things it's much easier to have pleasure oh yeah Right? Oh, yeah. It's much easier because we've, we've already kind of wired pleasure and survival kind of together. They're, they're kind of you know, not the same thing, but they are related in a certain way. Oh, yeah. Right, um, So it's easier to have that stuff. Um, so, I mean, just simply put, it's just that. I mean, I just, I just said that, and I'm sticking by my guns on that, too. <laughs> if my brain was just to stop learning, like I could do the stuff that I already know. Mm-hmm. You know I could do the stuff that I already know, mm-hmm. but I would not be able to take any more information in, I'd die.
4: Well, I think you would eventually die. I mean, if you look at something like al- Alzheimer's, for example, I mean that's kind of what happened. The brain quits learning and it starts forgetting how to even do the things that it already knew how to do. Invol.
0: Well, if, does that include involuntary things the body does, like you know, pooing and
4: peeing? Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you'll you'll there'll be disconnections all over the place where. I've never heard of it happening where, like, the body will just stop pooing and peeing. Um, well, I mean, but you, you well, definitely how, about, how
3: about dealing with that properly? Yeah, I,
4: guess, yeah. That's yeah. What I'm, I yeah. guess that's what I'm saying. i yeah, you, could, you could... dealt
3: with that on a very personal level. Yeah, oh, really? He would get so involved in something in a very childlike manner mm-hmm. that he would completely not even acknowledge mm-hmm. that he had things he had to take care of. Mm-hmm. And I would walk in and deal with it. That...
0: No, never mind.
4: <laughs> so to, to <laughs> we'll to, talk about that later. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse throat> me. So to go off of what to what you were saying, I think that I think that death would definitely eventually occur. I don't know if it would happen as quickly as, as you well, think. Well, okay, I, I I said I would die. Yeah,
0: and I, I think I did throw in maybe in a couple of days. Yeah, you
4: threw in the perhaps. Of days. I'm
0: wrong. Perhaps I'm wrong on that. <laughs>
3: that but would be because I, I pushed him in front of a bus. But.
0: And I wouldn't know how to deal with it. I wouldn't know how to deal with it. I'd be like. <laughs> Well, no, I would, no, was, no. At that point, uh, on that idea, I'd already know that bus hitting body would be bad. Yeah. So I would probably be able to get away from that, or, but you'd have to you'd have to get ahead of me somehow because my brain would stop learning. Mm-hmm. And Alzheimer's I'd tell you to defend example.
3: my honor.
0: Oh God! And no, no. then
3: I'd kill you. That's how I do it.
0: That's a long story. We'll talk about that later, too, Jesse. <laughs> okay. We don't want to talk about that on the air. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going, dude. I didn't Again. mean. Again? That no, that's okay.
4: Um. So so yeah,
0: going down. We were we were on this line of
4: uh, where the hell were we? I'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure. We were the just the darkness. Yeah, the darkness. Darkness. The darkness. Darkness. Like, darkness.
0: Black magic. Evil motherfucker. Darknesses. Our, darknesses. 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 Well, no, I mean, but no, that's where we were. Was <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, you know I kind of took us off. Probably took us off in huh. the weeds a little bit. Um, but simply put, it is this idea of facing darkness in your life. I think, um, and I think some people. Um, They don't. No. They can't deal with it.
4: Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it's hard enough for most people to deal with, um, like, external darkness, you know what I'm saying? But then to have to confront that internal darkness is a whole other situation because then It's scary, man. It's very scary. It's so scary. And you're in a situation then where you might have to admit to yourself that you're capable of doing just horrible things that you would just... You know, Been chastise there. another person for doing. Yeah. I went to some yeah.
3: very, very dark places at the end of my marriage. Sorry, right, I remember
0: places. those days. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping away for a, sec- you, guys away for a sec- you guys keep talking. I'm stepping away. for I got to grab something to drink. Okay.
3: There's yeah. no excuse. There's no excuse for this. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> God. No, mentally, I went to mm-hmm. some really bad places. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a horrible situation. Yeah. Um. He was a verbally abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I would lay in bed. These are my thoughts while mm-hmm. I'm laying in bed. I have two choices to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Kill myself mm-hmm. or kill him.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's where my brain was mm-hmm. for a very long time. Until I finally said, no, dumbass. Mm-hmm. There's a third option. <laughs> and I went down that road.
4: Well, um, if you if you think about it... Um sort of tying in, uh, like the 12 steps, for example, and also tying in, um, uh, you know, Carl Jung's idea of the shadow. Um, I was watching this, um, this excellent video that, uh, Jordan Peterson did, uh, Mm. um, a few months back. And it's a video that I've actually started using in, um, my own therapy sessions. Um, uh, which i don't know if you guys know who jordan peterson is or know anything yeah. about him um regardless of what you think about him regarding his any yeah, sort of, he's got
1: some controversy around him he does him. have
4: some very controversial views but as far as his understanding of psychology and his understanding of jungian psychology at that um i think he's i, I think he's really good i think he's really good as far as that goes you know what i'm saying i'm not going to make any judgments here yeah. or there about anything else <laughs> It's not my, that's not my. That's not my. not the point of this. Um, but um, as far as a modern voice of 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 Jungian style psychology, I think Jordan Peterson does a fine job. And um, in this video, um, he's talking about um, you know a practical way to approach one's shadow. And he and um, the reason why I enjoyed it so much was because this was stuff that I already. Had come to realize myself, but it, it was just cool to hear, you know, someone who's more of an authority on the subject validate what I already fucking knew. Um, but he's talking about um, resentments, mm. and that um, the one of the most practical and effective ways to confront the shadow without d- diving into any sort of uh, mystical practices or any sort of uh, practices involving maybe psychedelic drugs what is to contemplate and examine your own resentments mm. because if you think about it, your resentments will tell a lot about you because whenever you're harboring a resentment towards something or somebody um, you know, we can end up having these, uh, falling into these mind spaces that are, are very dark, mm-hmm. you know, and, and very destructive where we're thinking about, you know, like what you were saying, Bonnie, you know, I'm either going to have to kill myself or kill this dude, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like you were at that point where everything was so toxic and so bad and the resentment was built up so much yep. where you were starting to entertain these really dark and, oh, yeah, and it was self-destructive ugly. fantasies. Very ugly. You know, and, and so... um yeah, that's uh, and I think that's another reason why something like the 12 steps for example is so effective is because a large portion of the 12 steps has to do with confronting your own resentments and it's like confronting your own resentments yeah. sort of gives you like a a peek into this part of yourself that is not naturally within your your conscious awareness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. It's it's facing this darkness, though, too, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of this thing, you know, Mm -hmm. going on that same theme, this Mm -hmm. idea. Um, Before I stepped away, what?
3: Shockingly. Go ahead. I credit Scott for not being in that place anymore. Because when I was in that place, it's pretty much when I met you and Doug.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I got out, started having fun. Yeah. Made different. Life's decisions. good
0: now. <laughs> no, I think that I think that's one of the problems. I th- you know I mean I don't want to get all you know big picture on things, but I think that is a problem a lot of people have today though or these days. Um, and we've talked about it before here, and we'll keep talking about it. It's this idea of self evaluation, self reflection, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, always self monitoring yourself seeing what things you can you can do better on. Uh, and sometimes you don't act on them. No. Sometimes you don't act on them, but, you know, you're thinking about them, though, too. Yeah. Um, I, I know certain people that just, they're they're in that circle you talked about before. Yeah. Where they just kind of just keep going in the same circle over and over again. And they have people all around them saying, here, do this. Mm-hmm. Here's the idea. Here's what can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm getting this ugly look from you. What'd I do? I
1: wasn't giving you an ugly
0: look. That's
3: her face. Leave her alone. <laughs> Staring at you. That was
0: the classic amber resting. You can't bitch help face. her face. Oh my God. Um so, I mean, I'm but people... still
3: waiting on that T shirt, by the way. What's T shirt? I can't help my face. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: I don't even remember what,
3: what Asshole. it's when we were talking to troy anyways continue well here 's
0: the thing. Amber has a t shirt press right down here. I keep telling her to make t shirts and she won 't do it, so yell at her it 's on her for this
1: one okay <laughs> I 'll make it for you, Bonnie yeah, All right,
3: there you I go. love you a long time i think
0: I think people do run in that circle though over and over oh, yeah. again, um, oh yeah, and you know i to a certain degree, I understand it because you know mm-hmm. we're talking about this idea of of facing a darkness in your life, uh whatever it may be. Um, it's not easy. It's no fun. No, it sucks, man. No. But it's necessary. Absolutely, it's totally necessary. Absolutely. Um, if you want to be someone, you know, if you want to be content, right? And contentment, mm-hmm. I think, you know, in this, in the discourse of this conversation, yeah, contentment. Because I think people. I think you're you're right on that i think too many people say well i just want to be happy yeah you're not always that's fucking impossible yeah what the fuck is happy yeah being yeah
3: content is something different being be an individual totally, person well
0: yeah it's totally different um and i find that fascinating because mm. yeah um i think too many people are striving they're, they're setting the bar too high
4: oh yeah absolutely they're
0: aiming too high as a person it's like no you want to be content um We've had these conversations. I've talked with people before about this, and I and I've asked this. We were talking about this with Exidy the other day on our ill-fated show that will never be ever aired. <laughs> Let's
3: not mention it again.
0: It really sucks, though. It pisses me off. Uh, I wasn't
3: even here, and I'm angry about it because I wanted so to bummed. hear the show. Was so bummed.
0: It was so good. But anyways, um, I I mean, it just in the last couple of years, I've finally learned what true like relax, relax, like relaxation mm-hmm. is. Never knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Never understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had to ask a therapist about it. <laughs> like, what the hell? She's like, "Well, you need to, you know, learn how to relax more." I'm like,
3: "What the hell is that?" Yeah, Scott <laughs> used to be a way more high strung, uptight motherfucker than he is right now. I'm
0: like, like, "What? What is relaxing? What? What is that? What does it feel like? What do you do? How? How do you get there?" I mean, I want to understand the the mm-hmm. mechanics of that too. And, um, well, I mean, where I got it, and I'm and I've experienced it now, and it, it's wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, it's a, it's an area for me now, at least, and I think it could be different for, for everybody. I mean, what relaxation is, right? Depending on your level of intensity as a person. Sure. Um, oh, you you are fucking fired, Bonnie. Um, I
3: don't get paid for this.
0: <laughs> still fired. Don't matter. So, um, well, I felt it just a couple weeks ago. Uh, when i went down for that that trip i, don't, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah well yeah you got you got yeah. the tw- yeah you got the lp version at, at pj's no i got the 10 inch version you got the 10 yeah, okay, inch version you didn't version. get the lp version yeah i didn't get, get the you lp the version. version so uh but one of those things that, within that trip um i discovered some really amazing music mm-hmm. right i i really in the, in, in that in that that whole trip i discovered some stuff that i'm like man i am embarrassed <laughs> that I never knew about this stuff before. I feel like I have actually insulted the artist <laughs> by not knowing their music. I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm, it's that good to me, right? And some of that stuff, I found myself driving to Nashville, Tennessee one morning and I put some of this stuff on and I got myself into a point where I'm driving. I mean, I mm-hmm. gotta be paying attention to yeah. the road, but I found myself just kind of get into a zone mm-hmm. mentally where I'm just kind of gently nodding to the music mm-hmm. and I could feel the smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Cause it kind of hurts <laughs> smile a lot, but I actually could feel the muscle straining a little bit, <laughs> no, but I felt this smile on my face and I was just driving along and enjoying the sound coming out of the speakers in my car.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I felt in that moment like, okay, you are relaxed. Mm-hmm. You are content. Mm-hmm. You're loving what you're hearing. This, mm-hmm. this, this music is wonderful to you
2: mm-hmm. and it
0: makes you it's putting you in the right spot. Mm-hmm. I'm working hard to kind of get into that spot more and more mm-hmm. nowadays, right? I don't think a lot of people truly experience that
4: though. No, I don't think so either. And I think um I think a lot of it has to do with um the fact that people don't know how to I don't want to say shut off their mind, but people don't know how to Quiet it quiet it or at least disregard the chatter Mm -hmm. the constant chatter that comes with having like a mind Mm -hmm. yeah you know and um because you think about it like um uh patanjali the the author of the yoga sutras um he in the first yoga sutra he states that uh Yoga is... I know I'm going to butcher it, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some yoga scholar out there who's going to be like... Meh, 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 meh. Well, can,
3: yeah, we have a few of those that listen.
4: You can, he can they'll, suck. They'll, they'll be that's fine. all right. <laughs>
3: we <laughs> enjoy hate mail. They
4: can, Go they can, ahead. They can, they can suck it. Um, yeah, they, they,
0: that's, we'll tell them the same thing on the email, too. Yeah. Uh,
4: but in, in, at least in my copy of the Yoga Sutras, uh, the first Yoga Sutra translates to yoga is the stilling of the changing states of mind, mm-hmm. You know where basically what you're oh. doing is is you know, the mind is constantly in this state of oscillation, yeah. you know, yeah. oscillating uh, across extremes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, the primary purpose of, uh, one of the primary purposes I should say of yoga is to, is to still that is to still the oscillation. Yeah. And that includes, um, the stilling of one's thoughts, because if you aren't, Occupying your mind with something, something that you're contemplating, something that you're deeply uh, engrossed in, reading yeah. or watching or whatever, and you just kind of let your mind do its thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no telling what kind of shit is going to bubble up from the fucking. It usually the goes abyss. to bad places. Yeah, and oftentimes <laughs> it goes to bad places. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, a lot of people, um, they they don't know. I think of. A lot of people don't know what relaxation is, is because they don't know how to stop that, how to stop that that constant oscillating. That
0: is the that is the number one problem with that. I think.
4: I think so. We've
0: we've talked about this, and I mean we've we we've I mean at least with me, I've had this conversation with people. I'm like I can't still my mind. Yeah. I can't do it. You know, they're talking about meditation mm-hmm. and, and trying to contact spirits and all these things. i like, well, you know, if you want to be a, you know, a medium, you know, if you want to contact spirit, you have to steal your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm
3: like, I fucking but can't. Everyone has their own unique way of doing it. You wouldn't think for me, the way I do what you just described is to give someone a massage.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's not relaxing. Mm-hmm. You would think for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is. Well, Yeah. Mm-hmm. It completely stills my mind. I just do what I do. Mm. I, half the time i don't even think about it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. fuck off, Scott. <laughs> I Sorry, am I nine times out of ten ninety nine percent more relaxed when I give someone a massage than if I really? get a massage
4: i didn't know that yeah yeah, it's something that it's something that you do, and um it's like you're able to go into this zone with right. it, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, That's the same when I do Reiki, and it, it kind of yeah. just like it I blank completely blank out. stills my mind.
4: Yeah, well, you know, Reiki comes from the same, the, you know, mm-hmm. the same t- uh, school of thought as yoga does. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it's they're they're intertwined in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 really anything. I would say that anything that you can become absorbed in, mm-hmm. like mentally absorbed in, is a form of meditation. You know, whether it be given a massage doing reiki um you know i know guys that you know when they're going to the gym they get their swole on right you know they're they're like that's my meditation you know no that yeah and 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 it's whatever whatever helps whatever you can get absorbed in and that's why i said before
0: i think this this contentment comes in all forms Mm -hmm. it isn't just you know this is where you have to be at no no to be content or be relaxed or whatever it might be yeah um I think everybody has their own thing they want to do, which mm-hmm. I hope it's a productive thing, mm-hmm. right? I think going to the gym is very productive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I find my Zen on my bicycle. Mm-hmm. I ride my, a bicycle every day. I, I just go out and do like 10 miles, mm-hmm. and I'll put on some podcasts, some, mm-hmm. some people talking, and that just kind of gets me good. Yeah. Mowing my yard. Yeah. And as much as people are like, I hate mowing the yard. I'm like, oh, I, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a chore, I know. But I put on something cool to listen to, yeah. and I just... It's my time to kind of just phase out yeah. and not have to interact with anything or anyone. No, Absolutely. No, no offense to people in this room. <laughs> um, but it's my time just to kind of just zone out and do my own thing and kind of get into a, a zone that I like to be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it, it comes in all these different forms, like I was saying. Um, and I think I think that's... I don't think people even realize it sometimes. Like, you know, I mean, Bonnie, I had no idea about that. It's actually very interesting that you said that. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people don't even some people might not even know they're meditating
4: no yeah a lot of times people will meditate and they don't even realize that it's meditating you know like i um interesting story um so some people i know um they they've got a son he's about i think he's about 15 yeah maybe 16 now um very precocious young man uh but um his mother was telling me about how when he was around two she walked into his bedroom, and she saw him sitting like like full lotus style, doing doing this. And she was like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm meditating, Mama." And she's like, "Where'd you learn how to do that?" And he's like, "My brain just told me."
1: Uh, past life. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, dude! If if you if you got to know this guy this kid, you would be super impressed. He's um definitely uh, one of the shining hopes one of the shining examples of hope for the the younger generations um but yeah I mean you know a lot of times people will will get in a, will get into at least a, a quasi meditative meditative state yeah you know not realizing that's actually what they're doing but they just do it because you know they it's something they kind well, of it, stumbled upon it feels and, good yeah it feels good
0: it feels good it does it's relaxing yeah yeah um, from relaxation i think you do get you get that contentment we're talking about too mm-hmm. um i again i don't think people realize that i think and i you know it kind of goes back into that circle thing we were talking about mm-hmm. um you know I, I don't think people have that you know there's no balance mm-hmm. i guess um you know uh, we do our degree of partying here at the ghostly talk house. We, Mm -hmm. we, we have a, we have a lot of fun. However, I do know personally, and I know Amber does the same thing too. Uh, we do have our extracurricular activities that are, you know, outside, in nature, doing mm-hmm. things, being in the sun, mm-hmm. breathing fresh air—or mm-hmm. as fresh it can be—in in the suburbs. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, doing things that are—you know—it's—it's it, it, it's a balance, I think, mm-hmm. um, to try to—you know—to just to try to be a balanced person and be—and be a decent person too. Oh yeah. Um, It's—it's it, it, it's so complicated, but it's so simple at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I try not to preach on stuff like that to people. But at the same time, like, dude, it's right there, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have all the, uh, what makes you, what makes you happy? Let's just, I'll say the word happy. Like, what makes you happy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 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 you know, like, you know, a lot of people I know, well, I like to listen to punk rock. Well, then fucking listen to punk rock. Mm -hmm. Just listen to punk rock and, you know, and do that. A lot of these people do. But they even cloud that. Mm Mm-hmm. That stuff gets clouded with all, with all scene bullshit and all this other stuff that that, that's part of, you know, if you're an active member in music and whatnot, we're both, we both know this, uh, being a part of communities and music and stuff like that. Um, you know, you cloud it with all this stuff. And I and it's always been something that's made me laugh so hard over the years. I've seen all these things like rise and fall of all this music and mm-hmm. different whatever it might be. And there always was this this aligning attachment that goes around it. Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, like scene politics.
0: And the, yeah. To call it that. And then, you yeah. all, and you know, well, you you get an amazing group of people mm-hmm. that some really cool people. And you're like, wow, these people are doing some really great stuff. And then, yeah, that's when the whole political thing starts up. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing all this stuff. And I'm like, this is the wrong application here. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, a, that's just a matter of group dynamics. And that's part of the human experience though. Yeah. The people will, will congregate. And then all of a sudden you have higher ups and lower downs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You have all these things. And the, 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 person that'll more people will be attached to and the person that people don't want to be around. Yeah. Um, you have, which I, you know, I, while understanding that, I'm like, okay, this is a bunch of shit. Just listen mm-hmm. to music. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I enjoy mean, enjoy yourself.
4: I mean, to uh, not to go, not to um, spend too much time returning back to uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, but we got into the subject. Onto, I missed
0: that for like the three seconds I was gone. It must yeah. have been very brief. Go ahead. It
4: was very brief. But uh, you know, Jordan Peterson would argue, and you know, I too would argue, regardless of what his opinion is, is that. Um, hierarchies are just kind of something that happens, you know, whether for good or ill, whether it's intended or not. Hierarchies are just something that kind of just naturally happens. I think that's and, true. And and whether it be in like nature or, yeah. or even in like a, a scene, you know, like the, the Detroit metal scene, for example. You yeah. Know? It's like you've... I
0: think I think there, there has to be people even in smaller situations like mm-hmm. you have a group of you know a massive group of people hundreds if not thousands of people that do bands Mm -hmm. let's just Mm -hmm. use that as an example within that you're gonna have band by band and let's just i mean this this will explain your idea perfectly um there's always gonna be someone in a band that's gonna take the reins Mm -hmm. and deal with a lot of the business stuff yeah um the reason i mention this is because i have experience with this um you're, there's always going to be someone who gets who takes the reins and kind of deals with the the business stuff yeah. to try to move you forward. Okay, we have goals, we have goals with this project. What are our goals? Let's establish that and let's figure out ways to get to those goals. Mm-hmm. Fine, right? Uh, and then you have on a larger scale, you have people that do bigger things, festivals and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, and you promote. You know, and we can go all day long on the on the, on that stuff. But to your point is just that. I think hierarchies, they do just kind of naturally happen. They do. Certain personality traits are going to be more prone to take the lead and mm-hmm. be a, in a leadership mm-hmm. role. Other personalities are going to be more prone to just, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Right? That's fine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either way. No. Um, you know, but, you know, but then you get into the goofiness and some of the weird stuff that we both experience, and we're like, oh, my God, this yeah. is stupid.
2: Yank, and that's yank, why I, I keep
0: falling back to, why are we here? why Why are we, why are we not, not in general? I'm saying, why are we here? (laughs) Why are we here at this place? Like this show where this weirdness, whatever is happening. And I always go, I just wanted to hear some music. Mm. man. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see some people throw down and do something really cool Mm -hmm. and experience that with them and see what their art is. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, knowing that hierarchies did, they do. I agree a hundred percent. They do just kind of
4: happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, don't mean I have to like it that much. No. <laughs> but they no. happen. I get yeah. that, right? Yeah. And you're always going to – But I and, I and again, going on that, yeah, they, they do because – I'm sorry. Some people do have to take a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I, I mean, think, it just has to happen.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. some people have to step up and go, you know what? Um, I don't see any forward motion here. I'm going to have to take the reins and and make this thing move forward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, that can go bad. Oh, yeah. That, 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 again, it's not easy. It's not just simple as saying that. I think it can be very complicated too. And yeah, some people that take leadership roles, they're fucking assholes. I agree, And they're not good people and they may take a leadership role for nefarious reasons. Mm -hmm. We've seen it happen over Mm -hmm. and over and Mm -hmm. over again in history. Um, but it just, it just kind of happens though too. Yeah. That's up to other people. I think to go, eh, I'm calling bullshit. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not that easy though. It's, it's not as easy as just saying it. Like I'm saying it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it, it's it's so complicated with the kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, this idea of hierarchies and yeah, it just is something that happens. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agree. I could, I can't.
4: <laughs> yeah, it just it just it is what it is, you know. We've
0: um, we've had. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: No, I I no. Go ahead. I I wasn't sure where I was. I think we've I think
0: that. no. I think we've hit we've hit the gate here on that. Yeah, yeah. I think we should try to talk about something else. Okay. That we we really have just kind of just rift here. Yeah, we um, really have which i know this and this is what happens with these things Mm jesse um well here's a story for you guys and listening here um part of our part of what we do with ghostly talk now i mean it's very simple with how we have when we have guests on the show i always say um okay you want to be on the show well no but i guess i'll be on there (laughs) you know no yeah sure i'll be on the show okay great um, can you just send me you know just a couple bullet points <laughs> just send me a couple bullet points just something you want to talk about so Jesse who's sitting here our illustrious guest tonight I'm like yeah just send us a couple bullet points some stuff you want to talk about man nothing nothing major so Jesse sends us a two page <laughs> detailed that we're actually looking at right now I actually might want I might if you don't mind, I might actually put this up for the post for the show. I don't know. This is pretty cool looking.
4: Yeah, sure. Um,
0: and the reason I say that is yeah, I don't know where honestly to this point, you know, like I said I said before the show, let's just let's just see what happens mm-hmm. here. I don't know what we've really covered. However, looking at the looking at our sheet right now, um Freemasonry. Yeah let's just let's just go there let's fuck the segues and be yeah. totally horrible yeah sure i i you know because this is something i'm actually i am so fascinated with um i guess let's start with that i mean okay now i am the grandson of you know a 33rd degree mason so mm-hmm. um you know, I have some experience with this, but I'd like to hear your, you know, your thoughts on. I mean, let's just—I oh. don't even know where to start at. Bonnie, yeah. help us out here. Where do we start here? I don't. I'm know. taking a nap. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, so it's just you and me, Jesse. Right, Amber, Amber left. I don't know where Amber went. Go ahead. Taquitos. She's got more taquitos. Taquitos, up probably. Now, well, I mean, why did you even write? The, let's start with that. Why did you even write this down on the sheet here, man?
4: Well, I, that's that's actually an excellent question. I would say the reason why I wrote that down on the sheet is because that. Freemasonry to me was in a lot of ways the, the key that l- put me in a situation to where I was able to um, encounter specific people that I needed to encounter and learn specific things that I needed to learn and have uh, certain experiences that have kind of led me to where I am now.
0: Now, to be clear, you are a Mason.
4: Uh, I am a mason. I, to be clear, I am a mason who has been suspended from Freemasonry for non-payment of dues. <laughs> okay, <laughs> rebel.
0: Okay. Well, so what happened was I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you in that spot. No, no, I mean, it's fine. Okay. I, all I, right.
4: I don't. I don't mind. I didn't mean it like it. that. <laughs> no. I all right. No. It is funny. It is funny to yeah. think about. I mean. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I mean, I spent fuck five, six years, maybe more. I can't quite tell you off the top of my head. Yeah, involved yeah. in Freemasonry. You know, um, I'm I'm a third degree ma- I'm a third degree Mason, which is a Master Mason. Mm. I, I was the the worshipful Master of my lodge for mm. a year. Um, I've I've sat in several other offices within my lodge and uh, was able to. Um, I'm not going to be so arrogant is to say master those positions, yeah. but um, develop a, a, a really good understanding and ability to perform those positions. Yeah. The uh, yeah. uh, the senior deacon, I, I've actually been told by um, a couple different brothers, um, couple of those two of those brothers in particular being um, people that I would, I would regard as uh, significant mentors in my life that yeah. I was the finest senior deacon they had ever seen. Mm-hmm and I've also been the senior warden and I've been the chaplain uh but um so basically what happened was is uh our lodge got shut down because there was a you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to say it because, I mean, I'm, I, I have no intentions of reaffiliating with the Freemasons at all. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to say it. There was a Grandmaster that ended up taking over uh, one year that um, really just fucked everything up for a lot of lodges, mm-hmm. mine in particular. And um, he, uh, he essentially um, pulled our charter and declared us defunct on uh, with with on certain grounds that we were already making it a point to address, but yeah, he just said, you know, pretty much fuck you guys and pulled our charter from us, mm-hmm. and so we weren't able to meet as Masons or under that lodge anymore. And then once I don't know, I'm not sure how it is in other states, but in Michigan, um if you are in a situation where you're in a lodge and your charter and your lodge folds or closes Mm -hmm. down for whatever reason, you go to something called the grandmaster's lodge, which is a virtual lodge. It doesn't really exist. You don't have meetings, but it exists in the books. So that way you can say, I have a lodge that I belong to because you have to affiliate with a lodge when you're a member. And so the idea was we put, they put all the homeless masons in, uh, or motherless Masons Mm -hmm. um, in the Grandmaster's Lodge and then you have a year of paying, uh, you know, uh, of paying dues at the Grandmaster's Lodge to find a new lodge to affiliate with. Yeah. Well, by this point, by the time they had yanked our charter, uh, we had already had uh, a few run-ins with this asshole and (laughs) that really left a pretty sour taste in a lot of our mouths. And so I'm like... Fuck you! I'm not paying dues to your bullshit made-up lodge, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reaffiliate with another lodge when the lodge that I want to affiliate with yeah. is right here and it doesn't exist because you're an asshole.
0: This sounds just like what we were talking about a few minutes ago, like scene politics, man. Yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, h- wow! Huge, huge politics, huge politics. Wow. You anyway, see, Yeah. All right. Um. The Grand Lodge of Freemasonry could almost be equated as a microcosm of the federal government, whereas uh, the Grand Lodge being like the federal government, um, the individual lodges um, exist Mostly just to support the Grand Lodge, the same way we as citizens is, exist to support the government. Yeah, uh, that's how it is with with Freemasonry too. The lodge, the, the Grand Lodge, is not there for the lot for the individual lodges. It's not there to offer any assistance or any support. Yeah, the Grand Lodge is there as a parasite to just suck uh, per capita out of the individual lodges from their dues. From their dues, yes. Wow. Yeah, and um. Yeah and, and so and at this time too, by the time our, our, our charter had gotten pulled, I was already um, heavily involved in my yogic practice, mm-hmm. and I had gotten to a point with my yogic practice where Freemasonry, other than the fact that it was a place to go, and we had a building to uh, as a central, as a centralized location for meeting up. Mm-hmm. For the most part, Freemasonry had become a a secondary thing for me. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I, I was, you know, part of it is bitterness. Part of it is just general principle, and part of it is I felt like I had more or less gotten all I needed to get out of Freemasonry. Yeah. Uh. I chose not to not to reaffiliate and have no intentions of reaffiliating. Wow. Um, but um. But the reason why I got into Freemasonry to, to very begin with, yeah, why why is it even on the paper? The reason why it's on the paper yeah. was because when, I was I think it was about twenty three, mm-hmm. and I started to reignite my interest in the occult, yeah uh, and because you know, throughout middle school and high school, I was interested in things like, you know, uh, Anton LaVey the Necronomicon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the all the bullshit books that every dipshit fucking 13 year old gets <laughs> into when they want to start studying this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh it was an interest that never fled me, but it was an interest that I had put on the back burner. And so by the time I was, like I said, about twenty three, some things that happened in my life. Uh girl for girl I was with at the time, we had, had a miscarriage. Oh, um and uh It just I got back into it. I got back interested into the occult yeah, yeah. and um decided that I was going to take a more mature approach to it yeah. and started started with, with Alistair Crowley. which I'm not really sure how much of <laughs> yeah. how mature of an approach that yeah, kinda, is. Kinda kinda diving in. Yeah. 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 But knows first. Oof. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I started with Alistair Crowley and started reading things like uh, um uh the Book of the Law. Uh, um, I, the first Crowley book I bought was a book called The Book of Words. Uh, I also bought the Book of Enoch at the time, um, and so that was really kind of where I got into it. Yeah. And I kept on encountering references to Freemasonry, not only in Crowley's work but also in uh, the introduction to the particular copy of the Book of Enoch that I bought. Mm there's all these references to Freemasonry and Crowley in Crowley's work and some of his work, he would talk about how, you know, certain grades of the OTO would correspond to certain degrees within Freemasonry and, and stuff like that. And so, um, I developed an interest in, uh, Joining either the OTO, which uh, is, for those who don't know is the Ordo Templi Orientis, mm-hmm. which is the organization that uh, Aleister Crowley didn't start, but he ended up becoming Grand Master of, and and Freemasonry, mm-hmm. and um, I first actually uh, approached the OTO about membership with them. But uh, I never re- received any any word back from them. I called the number that was listed on the um, the internet as the uh, yeah. the number for the, the contact number the, the contact yeah. number for the Detroit Oasis, yeah. and I never heard back from them. And then around this time, uh, my buddy Grizz, who I had known for a few years, and we always joked about how we wanted to join the Masons and how we. We we came up with these elaborate schemes to uh, to try to join the Masons. Yeah, and he ended up. Uh, he, I ended up running into him one night, and he's like, "Dude, I ended up joining the Masons." I'm like, "No shit, <laughs> you finally did it!" Uh, he's yeah, like, he's like, "Yeah, me and me and a couple other people that we knew, and and then there was one guy who had been around for a while that." Uh, at this point in my life, I wasn't super tight with him, but I knew who he was and he kind of knew who who I was. And, uh, we had had a couple conversations here and there. And one of the things about, you know, this guy, um, which forgive me if, if the proname game, the proname game starts to get, uh, confusing. I'm trying to avoid using certain names. Um, but, uh, you know, it was always known that this guy was, a a mason you know not only was he a mason but he was involved in like other deep shit yeah yeah and uh and so um so yeah so grizz had informed me that you know him and this other guy they joined this particular lodge out in out in um northern oakland county Mm -hmm. and uh and that this this other mason um he was starting to hang out too wish they had known him from around the way for other reasons. And so I'm like, dude, do you think you can get me in? And he was like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I'll get you an application, you know, fill out the application, uh, you know, get, get someone, get, a um, the, uh, another person to uh to sign it as one of my sponsors i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and then turn it in and then you know we'll we'll get uh you'll have to go yeah Yeah. just go from there yeah and so so that's what i did and i ended up uh getting called one day it was funny i was actually called they called me on my work phone uh (laughs) at the time and uh and they're like yeah we want to schedule an interview with you and so i scheduled the interview and I was so I was so nervous. Like I thought I was gonna be like sitting there with like the finest men, you know, that I was ever gonna meet. Like yeah, scholars. Yeah. You have this and, picture in your mind. Yeah, of these like brilliant like scholars and like gentlemen yeah. and shit. Yeah. And it was like the most it was the most like laid back fucking uh informal interview yeah. at yeah. a twenty four hour diner I had ever had. And wow! I, yeah, and they're sitting there asking me questions, and I'm like trying to elaborate on yeah. like what I, like. Do you believe in God? And I'm like, well, when I say I believe in God, I mean blah 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 blah. blah, blah. And they're just like, they just didn't give a shit. They're just like, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not to cut you off, but you know, growing up in the around, you know, my like I mentioned my grandfather. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was always, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not poking fun in any way no. whatsoever. But one of the things my mom would say that those guys just get together and play cards and drink coffee like two or three times a week. That's all those fucking guys do. It's just a place for them to hang out, you know. And that's just you know. And again, I'm not poking fun. No, no. I I mean that respectfully. You're you're Um, you're pretty
4: accurate actually. Because
0: I mean that's you know growing up. I mean I spent a lot of time with DMLA kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was introduced to the DMLA when I was very young, Mm -hmm. and it was really cool. Um, I mean they were older. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, and it was like one of my first, I can say this playfully. Where did, I, where did Amber go, by the way?
3: I have no idea. She ordered, she, a, she ordered a pizza. She
0: ordered a pizza? She ordered a pizza. So you're up there just like gobbling pizza down right now. This is ridiculous. That's cold-blooded. That is cold shit. Yeah, that is that's, cold. That's she didn't even tell That is tell cold us. shit right there. We could have, like, like been, totally paused. Like, this is, there's this empty seat in the studio right now, and I'm like, where did Amber go? But anyways, so, you know, I mean, there was, I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually have some very fond memories of the Demolay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't in, in the Demolay. Yeah. I was, I could have easily joined. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they were ready for me. Yeah. You know, and it was a lot of really great firsts. I mean, I went to my first dance mm-hmm. at the Demolay.
2: <laughs>
0: like, they were like, you know, and I mean, I'm just this little kid, yeah. and I'm dancing, and they're like, oh, Scott!" God. I mean, I had all this encouragement. It was—I remember—it was such a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the first like crush I think I ever had, this mm-hmm. girl Holly, who was like, you know, 17 years old, and I'm like 11, right?
2: Like, <laughs> oh my god,
0: you know. And I mean, I was in love with this 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 girl, you know, whatever. So I had a lot of really great memories yeah. from that. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, and this is no problem with my parents either. It was something that my parents put the brakes on. Hmm. Because it was like you know join the DMLA, you know you'll will be, yeah. be great, and it was just something that I think I was kind of pulled away from as a very young person, okay I don't know the reasons okay and i and I, and I'm not saying that as um as as a slight on on DMLA no. or or the Freemasonry at yeah. all um but it was just you know I had some really interesting experiences growing up, yeah, you know with sounds my like way it. it was interesting stuff, yeah sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off man. no, it's okay, yeah um. But, but
4: yeah you know back to your thing. But yeah so so I did my interview and then um you know I maybe took a couple of weeks from them to get back to me and they got yeah. back to me and yeah. they're like yeah you're in. And so, you it's know. it's just that
0: easy. You just you're in. Yeah, pretty much. I got, mean, I'm sure you have to fill out some paperwork.
4: Yeah, you have to fill out an application. You have to have two people to uh, to endorse you on your application. Okay. Uh, but other than that, no
0: different than getting a job. <laughs> no different.
4: Yeah. No. No. Not it's really. A reference. Not yeah. really. Yeah. 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 And actually, I had to I had to put a couple business references on my application. Even then. So. Oh really? So not only did I well, have they want to make sure they're
0: not they're not bringing out a shit bag. Yeah.
4: I understand that. So not yeah. only did I have to find two masons who would endorse me, but I had to have I think about three three uh, business references, professional references. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay.
4: And um, yeah, and and then what they do is you hand the application in, and then I mean I learned about the the inner workings of this later. Yeah. Is yeah. what they do is they read the application in open lodge, and then they they put it up to a vote. Yeah. yeah. Where um you know where the the masonic voting system is actually where the whole uh um, being blackballed uh, yeah. saying comes from. Yeah. Where if if you're denied entry, you're essentially you're blackballed. And so So you
0: can't you can't apply to any I mean well, yeah. when you apply to be a freemason, it isn't just for one specific lodge.
4: Well, it's it's, it's one specific lodge, but it's under the jurisdiction of the grand lodge yeah, of, the whole what, thing. Of, of whatever state you belong yeah. to. Yeah. which All then right. gets its legitimacy from uh, grand lodge of England usually yeah okay. okay all right and so um so yeah so i mean that's basically it they read yeah. it in open lodge uh the interviewing committee the the three dudes who 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 met with me and interviewed with me they they got up and said something you know sort of gave them my sort of gave them a their uh, they're peeing about me based on the interview. Yeah. And then based on that, all the brothers vote, whoever shows up that night. Yeah. And um you know, if you're you, in. and yeah. And if you get as long as you don't get any black balls in that uh in that ballot box, yeah. you're in. And so it's that simple. Wow. Yeah. And and so then I um I think it was about a month later. Yeah. Um uh, I, I was scheduled to go and do my, my intern apprentice degree, which is the first degree, Yeah. yeah. and uh, went through that, yeah. and then uh, uh, received the, the the lesson that went along with that degree, and then the study material to study to uh, to be um, um, ready to receive the second degree. And then, so over the course of about... Three or four months I, I went from an inner apprentice to a, a master mason. Wow. Yeah. Is that fast? It, so I don't have any I don't have any judge of I mean I don't it's average for this okay. day and age. Yeah. But in the old days it would have taken more closer to three years oh, wow. to get to that point. Holy crap. And um and if you go back even further than that, yeah. uh you there was a time where you you didn't get the Master Mason degree unless you were made the Master of the Lodge. And so the way it used to be back in, like way back in the day, was you would have a lodge full of inner apprentices and fellow crafts mm-hmm. and only one master, and he was the Master of the Lodge. Okay. And so wow. And so in this day and age, it's, it's not unusual for it to take three months to get your Master Mason's degree. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But I would argue that just because it's quicker these days, it's probably not better.
0: Well, I mean, quicker, I I can only imagine there's a certain degree of watering down if you're moving that fast through something. Oh, yeah. You're not not pulling all whatever whatever stuff you have to learn.
4: Oh, yeah. The scriptures, whatever they may be, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Traditionally, you would have to learn um, a whole mess of shit. Yeah. Uh, You know, now there's just this kind of this basic... Catechism that they go through. That as long as you can say the right words at the right time and make the right hand signs at the right time when they call for it, yeah, then you're you're passed to the next degree. Well, why is that though? Um, why, why do we think?
0: I mean, I, and it's not the challenge; it's just a question no, I'm curious no, it's, about.
4: It's a good question, yeah. and um, I mean, there might be other people out there who can have a more detailed answer for yeah, you. Yeah, but my yeah. understanding of it is is that um. Throughout the years, there has been a tremendous watering down of Freemasonry for a couple of different reasons. One of which well, is uh,
0: not to cut you off. I mean, Freemasonry itself is a watering down. The I, the term Freemasonry, I mean, from my, from my knowledge of the history of of, of the Masons, mm-hmm. Freemasonry is what the name uh, mm-hmm. alludes to. It's
4: Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. You're not a stonemason. No, not even close. So not I mean, I must say,
0: I mean, I shouldn't say it's watering. Well, it is. It's, it is. Well, so. Well,
4: I I could probably I could probably break it down for you a little easier. All right. Um so traditionally the Masonic lo- the Masonic Lodges were guilds, you know, yeah. like any other kind of workers' guild. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a an operative aspect, an yeah. operative lesson that uh, that went along with being a member of this guild, yeah. such as, you know, working with stone, learning how to cut and shape stone yeah, and yeah. build shit. It's, right? a tra- it's a trade guild, like yeah. you said. Yeah. But right. then there was also a um I guess you could say a philosophical spiritual aspect to the guild as well. So that way the guild was not only just your your labor union, but yeah. it was almost a uh it was almost in a sense like your your spiritual practice as well. And so the, the, the early Masons they would learn the practical applications of of the of these ideas mm-hmm. into architecture, stoneworking and shit like that. But yeah. then there was always what is called the speculative side of Freemasonry, which is the more philosophical, spiritual side, where we're taking these, uh, uh, these, these things that have to do with um, shaping stone and cutting stone and stuff like that and building yeah. things, yeah. and we're, um, uh, we're looking at these, these ideas within a spiritual context. So you have something like the um, the level, for example, which you know, yeah. in an operative aspect, the level is what tells you whether or not the thing that you're building is is level. Is level. Yeah. But from a philosophical, moral, and spiritual oh, aspect, yeah, yeah. it's it, it, it's how you rectify your behavior. Well, it's, it's how, it's you, how you level something. your behavior. Exactly. You meet on the level. Well, and that's or a, leveling. I, with I was gonna,
0: as you are saying this, I was like, okay. How are we going to glue this philosophy into our trade? Yeah, um, and I—I I already know these. I mean, I know the. I mean, it's very easy to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's a very healthy thing, though. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you have certain disciplines in your trade, mm-hmm. and I've always found that the I mean, honestly, the disciplines I've learned in the trade that I'm in, mm-hmm. they have carried into my
4: personal life oh, yeah. as a person.
0: Oh yeah. And I think they're very good to have. Yeah.
4: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, no, that's okay. On. Yeah. And, and and so um. And so what happened around um this is where this is where um it gets a little foggy for me <laughs> um I'm going to say to be safe around the probably getting in like the 1500s maybe um you would ha- you, there became this uh this trend occurring where um people who weren't stonemasons and people who had no interest Mm -hmm. in working with stone but were interested in the the speculative well okay go ahead but were interested in the speculative aspect but were considered to be scholars and and intelligent men of their own people like Isaac Newton for well, example yeah, big or big names or Elias Ashmole big names yeah yeah they they wanted to get involved in freemasonry too not yeah. to work with stone but just to participate in the, the speculative aspect yeah. of it the full yeah. philosophical aspect of it yeah um, and and so that was when you started getting um, you know the the speculative masons joining Yeah. but even then and in the beginning you had you know, you had the actual stone workers and you had the, the people who still went to the lodge meetings that the stone workers went to, but, yeah. you know, they didn't participate in the operative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so what eventually happened, I'm thinking maybe around uh, 1700s, um, maybe late 1600s. Yeah. Um, and once again, everyone listening, I'm fully aware that my time frames are probably fucking <laughs> off. Uh, uh, but at some point, what happened was there was a split, and so the operative masons sort of went on to be more of a like a labor union, yeah. You know, and then the all of the the philosophical, speculative, spiritual aspects of Freemasonry got funneled into now what we know as. Freemasonry. Yeah, yeah. Which then culminated with the Grand Lodge of England being established in the uh the mid to late seventeen hundreds. Mm-hmm. And so from that point on, all of Freemasonry has been primarily just speculative philosophical Freemasonry. Yeah. And so and and so to say that it that it's always been watered down, I think, is not doing it justice. Well, I I didn't mean it like that. Well, um, I mean, I'm not taking offense to it. I'm just trying to. I'm just. You're such a dick. Son. <laughs> really, no pizza for well, you. I just no. I thought okay. I'll no. cover
3: it for you when you don't want to yell at him. I got you.
4: <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want to hear it. And, and so, um and so I would say that, you know, um for a long time the speculative aspect of Freemasonry was still was still very pure from what it yeah. it, it was before it split away f- before you had the the split mm-hmm. um but then i would say maybe around um maybe around world war 2 time mm-hmm. um what started happening was is um they were trying to they started trying to open it open the doors up to to more regular folk well that's that's what I was alluding to yeah.
0: was that idea
4: yeah and then and then uh, they were trying to open the doors to more regular folk mm-hmm. and also too by this point in history freemasonry had already become uh, intimately intertwined with a lot of the uh, Illuminati well, conspiracies. Yeah, politics
0: and things like that too.
4: Yeah. yeah. And, and so they started to sort of water down the more um, esoteric uh, um, occult aspect of Freemasonry to mm. make it more this sort of family friendly uh, you know yeah. um, a, uh, type of organization. Where, yeah. you know, it it is pretty much just guys meeting mm-hmm. once every couple weeks and, you know, talking about lodge business, maybe doing a degree if, if there's a candidate that needs a degree, but yeah. for the most part it's just talking about lodge business and talking about, you know, how many fucking Salisbury steak dinners they're planning on doing for charity (laughs) that month or, or this, that, the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well,
0: I was going to say, I mean, at this point, and it's not to marginalize the Freemasons at all. Um, I mean, what really is the point though? Yeah. What, why besides, I mean, okay, fine. If you want a place to hang out with your friends Mm -hmm. and play cards and talk about Mm -hmm. cool stuff, that's great. You can do that anywhere you want. Yeah. Now, I've had this conversation with my grandfather mm-hmm. also, and I'm like, you know, why?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why in this day and age? Why? Why are they here? now? My grandfather's. He's all. He'll always be a mason. He has his ring, and yeah. he, he still has his emblems on his Cadillac and everything. Um, but what his answer simply was, he, he's like, it's a sense of fraternity.
4: That's it's a simple. Big, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, you get that sense of belonging to something greater than yourself. Yeah, and that's great. You know? That's awesome. And, I mean, cool. it does have it does have roots that go back oh, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and so, I mean, there's definitely that appeal. Mm-hmm. I think also, too, the fact that there's still a ritualized aspect to it, it plays a big deal. Because you don't get, uh, you know, you can join the Elks or you can join the Eagles or you can join the Moose. And, yeah. you know, there might be, a, a, you know, some sort of initiation process. But it's not like what Freemasonry is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And especially when you move into something like, you know, your third degree mm-hmm. where, I mean, it's a it's a straight up fucking psychodrama that you're, you know, you're participating in. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't get that in any other of these fraternal organizations yeah. um, at least not the mainstream ones. Now yeah. obviously if you go into something like the the OTO, for example, you know, they still do a, you know, a more ritualized type of yeah. uh initiation and and, and grade and degree process that Freemasonry does. You know, which I mean, you know, originally the reason why the OTO was started was just because it was meant to be kind of a um it was meant to be a a Hogwarts of sorts for, for <laughs> Freemasons. It, 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 was kind of, yeah, it was originally yeah. designed to be a, a um, kind of a, a magical college for yeah. Freemasons. Okay. There was a period of time where, where if you were a Mason and you were at a certain degree, you could visit an OTO lodge mm-hmm. as long as they were open on a degree that corresponds to your Masonic degree. You know oh, what I'm wow. saying? Yeah, it's not that way anymore, yeah. uh, but it was that way at that at one point. And, um, wow. uh, well, I mean, even then, the Golden Dawn. The Golden Dawn is actually a offshoot of the SRIA, which is the uh, the Rosicrucian Order mm-hmm. of Freemasonry. Uh, the okay. way this, way the story goes is, I think it was um, Samuel Liddell McGregor Mathers. He stumbled across this uh, this charter in like an attic in this house in Scotland. And it was a charter for a uh, an SRIA lodge, and um, that was what ended up being the uh, the charter that he founded the Golden Dawn, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn under. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so even so even the OTO and the Golden Dawn have Masonic roots, and were eventual, and were and in some ways get their legitimacy through Freemasonry, but um but to go back to, i'm i'm digressing a little no, bit to, fine. to get back to you know why join it now yeah you know i think your grandfather's absolutely right there is that there is that fraternal aspect to it and there is you know this this lineage that has gone back for you know like i said hundreds and yeah. thousands of years and there is a lot of pomp and circumstance that go along with the the ritual to where even though you might not fully understand the ritual that you're going through and the people who are giving you the ritual might not even fully understand what they're fucking doing to you, (laughs) it still works on this sort of subconscious basis. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, magic is magic and you're still dealing with archetypes and you're still dealing with, um, you know... These these kinds of processes, yeah, and so I think that even though someone may not fully be able to apprehend what it is they just experienced, yeah, uh, it's fucking interesting enough to be like, this is obviously something that sets me apart from, you know, some kind of college fraternity where you know you might get like, you know, paddled and have to do a fucking baby elephant walk, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, the hazing thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, I think the sense of fraternity and. any uh it, it you can paint it any color you want, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what you know that that comment from my grandfather I found it interesting mm-hmm. um, he uh oh my God, what's going on here? you're throwing stuff at me, Amber? Stop it. okay, um, you
3: threw it so violently it, as you it was, placed it upon, so, it upon the it, desk. It hurt
0: so bad. that God, idea of fraternity that made me think about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, well I'm no member of anything, I think I am part of organizations. Loose organizations Mm -hmm. in my life, personally, I know you are too. Mm -hmm. I mean, even being outside of the Masonic Order, um, you know, we do we do music. We -hmm. you know we we do. I mean, I do podcasts. We're part of groups. Oh yeah, you know, and that and that does have. We do have that same fraternal type of Mm -hmm. sense. We have our tribal knowledge. We have all these things that we do, and it makes us feel like we're a part of something. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and that's always a nice thing. You know, uh, I've heard that that those ideas for so many years now gang warfare and thing well these kids just want to belong to something mm-hmm. and you know, yeah and i understand that now yeah, obviously that's a wrong application of that go ahead well to, to touch on that
4: yeah. um and and I, I actually think this is kind of interesting so if you look at um if you look at various different societies especially tribal societies you yeah. know what i'm saying um the tribal society always had the initiatory tradition yeah. And the initiatory tradition has existed in, in different forms throughout history, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you look, if you compare, you know, older our current society and our current so- social dynamic with, um, you know, the, these older types of societies where the um, the initiatory tradition is still strong. Yeah. You know, um, that's something that's missing. Is that we don't have a a sort of universal initiatory tradition for people that go through anymore yeah
0: like people now like what, what what is your rite of passage now as a young person you get your driver's license yeah you get your driver's license you and turn 18 now you yeah. can buy porn yeah okay on uh, 21 now you can buy alcohol yeah those a, are those are you know that you know yeah. or, or you can go and be in the military if you want yeah you can you can voluntary voluntarily yeah. join the military um jury duty. That's the only yeah. thing. I mean I've said that for years about about living in America, the only thing you really have to do in America like that you, that, mm-hmm. that you're required mm-hmm. under penalty of like of law is jury duty. Yeah. You have to do that. There's not even a fucking draft anymore. No. So really you're right. We don't really have any any type of, you know, no. challenge like no, we we, we do. you will be a man. Yeah, you, I mean, I don't, you, you know.
1: can get out of jury duty by just saying you're racist.
0: Yeah, Well I know. Well, yeah, I guess that's even a loophole there. But yeah. you're required to show up there, take a day off of work, and yeah. show up there and say you're a racist and leave.
4: I mean, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, you get out of jury duty just looking like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, you're right. There aren't really any type no. of initiations no. that, that young people. I'm not saying men and men. I'm saying men and women. Yeah, that they that you know you're tested. Now I'm you know, I think in groups though maybe something you're a part of there are certain things you have to you know that you're going to that you're going to be a part of and that's that's a cool thing but in general like in society yeah. we don't have that anymore no, you're 100% we don't.
4: right and i th- i think that's one of the thing one of the reasons why our society is so fucked up is because we do not have this initiatory tradition where you know, you're going to learn, you're going to learn, you're going to yeah. learn what it is to be a man. You know, we're going to take you out to the woods for a fucking night. Uh, you're going to pound a, a heroic dose of psychedelic mushrooms in your head <laughs> and going to show you what the fuck's going so on. so
3: glad you said mushrooms.
4: <laughs> well, I would have said LSD, but they don't, they no. didn't have LSD during those times.
0: Went to a well, completely yeah. different place. Well, anything, I mean, anything I think to be challenged. Yeah. You
4: know, and that's one of the things I keep saying to people.
0: Um. I think now yeah and and you know what I I can say this statement and I can say at the same time I know some phenomenal young people mm-hmm. that are absolutely brilliant who mm-hmm. are running circles around me professionally and mm-hmm. personally um but I think you know there's a there's the other side of it though too where there, I you know people aren't being challenged anymore no um we we this kind of ties back to the very beginning of this conversation where I said uh, where we we kind of equated this idea of survival and mm-hmm. comfort, mm-hmm. where it's very easy to have that now. Yeah, um, you don't have to work for food anymore. No, you don't have to work for heat anymore. Don't have to work for sex. anymore. You don't have or to fuck. work for sex anymore. And in a couple of years, it's going to be even easier. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Fucking Not to go robot too- brothels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, all the all these things that you know that you had to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just coming to you now. Yep. So no one's being challenged. No one's having to learn any skills.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just even Christ, any interpersonal skills on how to, like, you know, hook up with a chick or a guy or whatever. I mean, th- there's there's a – I mean, you – okay, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're um, talking about. <laughs> but it does tie back to that. You know, and I, I think that that idea, yeah, we are as a society – and I'm not saying yeah, there are a lot of fucked up things. Mm-hmm. I have a positive outlook for a lot. I do want to look towards the future and see positive things happening. It's hard to do that nowadays, I think. Yeah, um, especially with how how watered things, how watered down things can be nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know what happened to trades? What what mm-hmm. happened to having to be challenged in things? Mm-hmm. Things that we've gone through where you have this struggle. What I call what I call the battle for knowledge. Uh, where you're battling for knowledge, battling for understanding for certain things so you can achieve something, maybe just career-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, look, i got to understand this crap if I want to make more money. Yeah. Okay? It's a challenge. It makes you a better person, I think, in, long,
4: in the mm-hmm. long run.
0: We've done two hours here, man.
4: Yeah, we have. It doesn't even feel like it. It don't feel like it no. at all. No, we can not
3: gotta feed Bonnie it does to me my butt is
1: numb
4: we, we didn't we haven't even come close dude this to no, sucks the no
1: based on this list no
0: <laughs> so what we're gonna do we're keeping this we're gonna keep this and sheet. we'll just okay. have you
3: back keep it right okay. down okay.
0: here we're gonna yeah I mean that's a that's a given this, this again this was absolutely brilliant I'm yeah.
3: thinking I, maybe five shows they'll cover yes. this
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to like maybe take, we'll, more. we'll take the pen and cross off whatever we covered here <laughs> yeah. um and then next show we'll be like okay let's focus on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well no Jesse thank you.
4: No, thank you for having thank me on. Thank you so man. much.
0: Um this it's has been, been great. this has been great and yeah, I mean it, literally I was I don't look at the clock anymore but I looked up and I'm like what the hell is going on here? Oh <laughs> my god. Um no, but thank you. This is you know, no we all we all learned. You know, and and guys listening, we've said this before. This was just an awesome I mean I just this is what I like to do. I think we all like to do is just talk to really interesting yeah. people. That's why, Jesse, I mean, I'm mean, i like, come on the show. If you want to spend some time <laughs> with us, and let's chat. It just You're an interesting person. You're a brilliant you. person, obviously, Thank too. Um, and a and,
3: great conversationalist.
0: Yeah, and Thank we gotta, we got to have you back, man. Yeah. We, we totally have to have you back. I would love to be back. Oh, yeah, we'll do this. I for, love we back. didn't
3: scare him. Yay! We didn't
0: scare him away. Now, but However, now, there's
4: pizza upstairs. Yeah,
3: there's pizza. And there's I've wood already ra- eaten there's
0: it. There's wood ready to be burnt in the backyard.
3: Pizza.
4: There's pizza, pizza. You know, it's really insensitive of Amber to get pizza, not taking into consideration the fact that her guest of honor is it's a, a vegan. vegan. She's a um, vegan. Yeah.
0: Damn it. Yeah. Right. Way to go, Amber. Way to shit the bed. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're in big trouble.
2: Uh, does Good he night. To make a vegan pizza.
0: <laughs> you're gonna kill this poor guy.
2: <laughs>
0: Later, guys. Till next time. Bye.
4: Bye.
2: Ghostly toss. <gasps> Did oh. 3.0 remember sounded so